Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 149. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. It's been a uh, fun ride. Listen to the last podcast, if anybody hasn't. I think it was a pretty uh, pretty well done one. Uh, smashing in many terms. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, it was it was funny because we were just talking about it before we started broadcasting that we, we talked a lot before we started podcasting that I wish we would have saved and put it in the podcast because yeah. we hadn't talked to Nick, the three of us together in a while. We were, we have a, we had like a text string where we like send things back and forth, but we hadn't really chatted together for a while. So, you know, I think we left some gold on the table there, but we're going to do it again. We'll have him back on. I think it went really well. We had a lot of fun. It definitely spiraled a bit down at the end, got a little sloppy, but you know, that's, that's the fun part right there. Hey, when we do things on a Friday night, I mean, I think by the time we got done, it was 1.30 our time, a.m. Um, I know yeah. I had had a, a super long day, super long week, so I was just running on fumes. But I think, we had a, I think we had a really good time, and I think it turned out to be a really good show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it, too. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And it's a short week this week with the uh, MLK holiday. Um, and then I'm going to be off on another vacation and so will you next week uh yes yes that'll be our main topic today talking about some little uh pre-trip report action so so yeah thank you again so much for listening we really do appreciate it if you could please go to the website skibumpodcast.com check us out and if you would we'd really appreciate if you could subscribe wherever you whatever works for you if you're itunes if you're stitcher what other ones is there? Google, Google Play. I think we're on Spotify. Oh, there's so many places to subscribe, but we'd love you if you subscribe. Pinterest, SoundCloud. Yeah, rate us five stars. Yeah, check us out on the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Ski Bump Podcast. We're on Pinterest. It's Highfalutins. We're on SoundCloud at Highfalutin-SkiBum. I think the last episode on there, I just, I did actually check this weekend. I think it's episode maybe 88. Wow. It's an old one. It's definitely an old one. Crazy eights. Crazy eights. So we're all over the place, but yeah, if you could please uh, go to your subscribe, rate us. And you know, we've had a bunch of people that are sending requests and for stickers and we do appreciate that. So hit us up and we'll send you some stickers. And if you could just please represent them take pictures, send it out on, on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and, and just, you know, tag us in there and let us know because they're wanna, getting on, a, they're getting on a lot of helmet stickers, a lot of cars, like a lot of people are putting them on. That, yeah. That I, know. I almost ordered some magnets uh, last week. Cause I know uh, we used, I'm not even say the, the brand of the company we use because they're not sponsoring us, but a certain company sent out a promo for getting magnets that you can put in your car. So you don't have to actually stick it on. You can like take it on and off. Whatever. Screw that. Stick it on, man. I like the magnet idea. You know, you stick it on the window. If you don't like it, you can peel it off. True. <clears throat> don't put it on the paint. You know, you want to put on the paint. That's hardcore. I like that's, it. That's true. We respect that tremendously. Um, oh, also we, uh, we just sent something out because, uh, we we're starting the newsletter. So, um, make sure you sign up, uh, do some shopping on the site that, that helps too. Yeah. The website we have all over the place, we should have signups for the newsletter and we've gotten a lot of people over the years signing up and 
we really didn't know what to do with all those people until we finally got uh, a little bit of an email strategy going recently. So if you did sign up, hopefully you got the email and you checked it out. If not, you can go to the website. There are places to sign up for it. We're going to have it. Uh, I got to update the site this week to add it to the footer and to the main homepage, but it'll be there. It should be pretty easy to find. Or if you want to hit us up and ask us, give them podcast at gmail.com, send us a note and we can add you manually. So many, so many ways to get in touch with us and to to get some ski bum podcast love that we're uh, we're trying to be everywhere for y'all. Uh, we're on YouTube too. Again, a little behind on getting those episodes out there. I will work on that this weekend, but we'd rather you just subscribe with your podcast app and get that way. That actually helps us That's get two more people. Yeah, and it's the easiest because it automatically downloads to your phone and you can get it right away. So. Do it yeah. that way. It's the that's the best way. Podcast app and Stitcher, I guess, if you have a, an Android, or the easiest yeah, way. Yeah, Stitcher's exactly. iTunes and Stitcher are the way to go. It's time for our pray today. And Joan's going to talk about this because this is a concoction. Let's put it that way. Mm. So, I was sitting there getting ready for the podcast today. I'm thinking, you know, I want to bring a little bit of the, of, of a, a resort to the podcast today, you know, just cause I'm getting ready for another trip. And when I was in Killington, one of the famous drinks there is the Goombay smash. No, you didn't. So no, you didn't. I did. Um, although it's not a true Goombay smash. It's a, it's a ghetto Mario concoction. Try to be smash. Um, Oh boy. I didn't have coconut rum. So that's really uh, all that's missing. Uh, but that's a big one. That's a big part of it. So, Instead of coconut rum, I used some Jaeger tea that I had in the fridge. You know what that's almost sounds like? Remember uh, on The Simpsons, the Flaming Homer? <laughs> you just had whatever was left over in the place and a little Add bit of in there. kids' cough syrup. Yeah, it sounds like that. That's it. Uh, but I tell you, the Jaeger tea gave it a nice little flavor. Um, and, you know, the uh, pineapple juice is in there. So that gives it, you know, the Goombay smashy flavor. It's pretty good, actually. Did you um, have peach schnapps? No, did not. But there oh is schnapps in the Jaeger tea, along with tea and a bunch of other flavors and juice. So the Jaeger tea has a lot of that stuff that you would put in the Goombay smash, plus other stuff. And it has rum. So I'm kind of like... That's kind of like, I think that's what you should make with a Goombay smash. We're going to call it a... Um, it could be an Alpine smash. It it's sounds like be it's a, almost like it's from the Alps. Yeah. I, I think high flute and ski bum smash. That's that's what we might... A ski bum smash. Ski bum smash. Um, I like it. I like the twist on it. Well, because it's supposed to have, you know, like you said, schnapps and orange juice and, you know, a touch of, touch of all these things. And that's all in the Jaeger tea. So I'm like... You know, and there's more rum in the Jaeger system. I'm like, it's kind of like they're all together. So it's actually pretty close. I uh, had to put a little more uh, pineapple juice because I think I went light on the pineapple. Mm. Um, but it's fine. There's plenty of booze in here. So. Wouldn't it be awesome if somehow the, instead of pine cones, like pine cur- pine cones, holy cow, pine cones grow on pine trees, right? Thus the name. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if instead they grew like mini coconuts? Like how much more useful would that be? If we like, like, like mini winter coconuts. You know, we're genetically engineering everything now. Why can't they make like mini pineapples, mini coconuts? I mean like winter coconuts. Like a single, single serve coconuts. Single that serve. would be awesome. 
you know? And then you think about that, it, you a, you're Yeah. Well, think about it. You get a pineapple. That's like a pretty big buy-in. I mean, you got to cut it. It's a lot of effort. A lot of effort, and then you have a lot of pineapple, but it'd be nice to have a, uh, yeah. It, it really wasn't that hard to make. So I got to say, these these might be one of my favorites, and I think I might use up the rest of my Jaeger tea this way. Nice. So, because uh, I don't know, I like the Jaeger tea, like nice and, and hot, you know, you, you sip it, but this is a nice refresher. So. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'll throw the ghetto uh, recipe out there from memory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually funny because we didn't discuss this ahead of time, but I went in a similar direction than you did. Whoa. I, there was a couple beers that I was thinking about having, but I really just, I didn't feel like beers. I've been, in, I've had like this little sweet tooth the last week with, with a little like fat January kid that I am right now. Fat January. We got to have like fat January. Oh, uh, this is like, everyone's like dieting and stuff. Now I'm doing the opposite. I'm waiting until April. That's when April no boozy goes down and I got to be a good boy. But for the next couple months, I'm going to, you know, there you go. be my, be my fattest self as they say. Fatten up, man. We had tacos last week and I decided to to break out the old margarita again. All right. and I was like, you know, I really like these a lot and they're not just for summertime. So I like to put a little twist on it, which really isn't a twist. I guess it, it's sort of a variation of it, but I, I, I call it a winter margarita. Oh. Why is it a winter margarita? Well, I added orange juice to it because you need the vitamin C to fight off colds in the winter. So... It's a winter margarita. I got some, and again, I'm not, I'm not squeezing out limes or doing that nonsense right now. I don't have the time. So I get the Costco, the Kirkland golden margarita, which has tequila in it. But then I add more tequila and orange juice and a little bit of ice and you're good to go. Nice. Yeah. Sounds, sounds delicious. Extra vitamin C for the it's, cold winter months. Yeah, you need that to get the fight off the scurvy, to keep the immune system good and hearty. The thing is, it's almost a little too easy to drink. So I'm really trying to be good about pacing myself because I could just knock three of these back and fall asleep. But I'm trying to to keep it together, get the podcast. Well, that's kind of like where mine is, you know, because the Goombay smashes, they go down like the juice. There's nothing in it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is actually, you can knock this back pretty good too. Yeah. And there's a ton of alcohol in it. So, and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're in bed on the floor, on the floor with the podcast mic in my hand saying, what, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Brian, do you remember what happened yesterday? Did we finish? There's been a couple episodes like that where it kind of, it got a little squirrely. Mountain King. Mountain King 97. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our interview with Robert, that one definitely, uh, the interview was great. The interview was perfect. It's just <laughs> the before and after, which we recorded after the interview is when things just, you know, it was like driving, like driving an old Ford Bronco with no anti-lock brakes and bald tires down an icy street. It just, oh, yeah. You got to hit the brakes and all of a sudden you just start fishtailing around and barreling Dri- off of snowbanks and going over trees. Like dri- driving it down a ski mountain. More Crazy. or less. More or less. So let's get into the Ganjula. And there are some great Ganjula stories this week. Skeet, skeet. So you want to kick it off with the bean of the week? 
Uh, the bean of the week. Why don't you kick off the bean of the week? Because I don't, I couldn't find the bean. Then of the I week. shall kick off the bean of the week. So this is another another remnant of our friend Frank's trip out to Aspen. He gave us a whole cornucopia of choices of things that he had while he was out there that he enjoyed. And this one is called Drink It. And it is the original cannabis coffee. Yes, folks. Cannabis coffee. Nice. One bottle, 10 milligrams of THC. And look, I brought coffee in for everybody at work. <laughs> Donuts. Oh my God, could you imagine that? Fucking dosing the fuck up. That'd be great. That's right. You can take your <laughs> best venti- meeting ever. You can take your venti soy latte. I'm going to have this instead. <laughs> That's right. Why do you always get coffee from that special coffee shop? I, I don't know. It's really good. You should try some. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they won second place in 2017. Oh, and for what? Well, they won in the they won the Dope Cup Award, <laughs> which they actually did. Second place in the 2017 Dope Cup. Dude, I want to know who's done that. Somebody's taken like one of those, you know, Dunkin' Donuts box of Joe's into work with bagels, and they just put it out there, people. donuts, and just freaking just watch watch the shit show unfold. Or you just microdose, just get everybody nice and like a little bit relaxed for the day. Yeah, like. like Five milligrams. I think that would really improve people's morale. It would improve yeah, the way enough. they treat other people. Right. It's not enough to like, you know, make anybody freak out or unless they're know. flying. Like I learned. Yeah. You don't want to five milligram brownies. Yeah. It seemed like a really good idea though. Dude, that was the worst idea. I looked right at you and I was like, Don't do it, man. That's a bad idea. You're like, nope. You got it in through TSA and you were eating that thing. I was like, go right ahead, man. Again, right it ahead. seemed like a really good idea at the time. <laughs> and then the worst thing is we did a, it was a red eye flight. So I was like freaking out like half of the flight because of taking the pop brownie. And so we got home. It was like five thirty six in the morning. I had to go to goddamn work the next day. Yeah. Terrible idea. Terrible. But I looked at you and you're, you're like sitting there and I didn't know you're freaking out. That was the best. Well, it was, it was only during the turbulence. I thought yeah. the tur- when the turbulence hit, I thought we were going down. But <laughs> like, see, we did not get up and start screaming. Glad you didn't freak out, man. I would have been like, I don't know that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll bail him out later just to be a good citizen. That's where KIT comes in handy. KIT. I'm going to freaking strap Brian to the seat. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was not good. But again, yeah. live and learn. Yeah, live so, and learn. This is from the good folks at Canyon. Canyon THC, their Drink It Original Cannabis Coffee. So thank you, Frank, for passing that along. Hope he's having a good time uh, traveling. I know he's been traveling and skiing, so happy to see that and hope it's going well. Always a beautiful thing. Where was he last? In, in Vail? He was in Aspen. Oh, Aspen. Where the beer flows like wine. That's right. <laughs> Where beautiful women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. <laughs> He was a badass pin. All right. Cool. Well, while we're in the uh, gondola, might as well start talking about the Great White North. Um, Canada. So, uh, anybody didn't get that reference? That would be Strange Brew, 19, what is it, 80 something? Yeah, it's an old movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Bloomberg reported today. Um, that they came in with figures now. So Canadians bought $54 million Canadian, $41 million American 
of marijuana from Spatores in the first full month of sales after legalization. So some, it's some of the clearest evidence yet of the market's potential. So statistically, they're saying Canada, Canadians figure uh, for no- November follows an estimate that sales were uh, 43 million Canadian in the first two weeks. So they said they kept that going strong and they finished up. Um, yeah, so it was an Ottawa-based agency. They did the economics. They figured out all the retail. And they're saying the potential market is worth between 5.5 billion Canadian and 10 billion Canadian a year. And there's like um, 80,000 people in Canada, isn't there? There's not that many, but I, I, you know what? There, you're getting so many people from the U.S. Think about half of that number being from people just going across the border and buying weed. Yeah, I wonder how much of it is is weed tourism. Yeah, just weed tourism. People go up, smoke, and then come back. I mean, if you live on the border, half-hour trip, you know, 15 to get across the border, that's not a big deal. And you know what? Has Canada collapsed into anarchy? Or, or is there chaos in the streets? No. None of that nonsense, the, the reefer madness, the bullshit propaganda that was, you know, drilled into our heads when we were little and even worse years and years ago. Yeah. Know, people are just chill and they're having a good time and they're doing their thing and they're going to do it anyway. They're going to buy it illegally. And now at least they're making some tax dollars off of it. They're getting something that's pure and clean and not tainted with something else. So this is great to see. I mean, even Trudeau came out um, when, when they were legalizing, he said prohibition was a failed system that gave profits to criminal gangs and allowed rampant youth consumption. And I think we're seeing that in the U S um, you know, with, with where it's illegal. Um, and we're seeing it with other drugs as well. You know, that's well, so funny. They always, they always talk about, Oh, you know, we have to protect the children and obviously yes, protect the children, but this is 21 and over to buy it legally. And when it's legal, it's a lot less intriguing to kids. Cause you know how you, when you are, when you're like a teenager and something is so forbidden, you're like, Oh my God, we got to get it. Yeah. Now that it's legal. They're like, eh, we'll go find something else to do. Yeah, let's go do something. Yeah. But yeah, they talk about let's protect the youth, but yet let's put them on Ritalin and Adderall and all this other shit. Isn't that hilarious? Like they're so quick to want to put kids on some sort of medicine yet to control them. MAO inhibitors, whatever you got. Let's just give it to kids, right? But we're so worried about cannabis. It's, It's ridiculous. It's really just the narrative is always being brought by those who are making money off the solution yeah so stupid yeah but it's cool seeing that and you know it's going to be really interesting to see you know every year it seems like every election that uh, you see more and more states that are starting to legalize it and you know it's one of those tipping point things where what is it 11 12 states in the u.s now that have legalized it it's only a matter of time before it just becomes fully legal federally. Yeah. And that's when fortunes will be made. Um, you know, culture is going to change dramatically. And I think yeah. for a, for a positive. It's funny. We're at a time where, you know, we've seen big change. And, and I think a lot of people are like, wow, it's amazing to see, you know, the, the strides that, that legalization has made, you know, medically and, you know, as, as like a viable medical option, as well as for recreation. And it's, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's really, I mean, it's really limited if you, if you think about the scope of, of the U S right. 
Yeah. I mean, it's only really, you know, the West coast plus a couple States kind of sprinkled in there. Yeah. I mean, on the East coast, all, the only, the only real state that has it working correctly at this point is Massachusetts. And they only have like four or five dispensaries that are up and running. Yeah. And they're going to come out with figures like we were talking earlier before, you know, before we podcasted was along with Canada coming out with numbers, but they're going to start coming out with numbers for Massachusetts as a state, along with, you know, Colorado and all that, you know, which, which they have, you know, statistics on, uh, but now they're going to be able to compare a major metro area on the East coast, like, you know, like, you know, uh, Massachusetts and, and see the scope of it compared to, you know, entire states, you know. Yeah. And Boston's, they finally got the first license for a dispensary in the city itself because all the other ones are outside in other, other smaller cities or, or bigger towns in Massachusetts. But yeah, the first license for Boston is it's been approved, but they haven't opened their doors yet. So that's going to be crazy. Cause that's the first big city on the Eastern seaboard. That's going to have legal marijuana. And I can only imagine the amount of tourism that's going to roll into Boston this summer. Once that's up and running. Yeah. Do you imagine being on like an, being on like an Amtrak train, like coming up from like Maryland or Philly going to Boston. Smoke it up, man. Hot oh, box. Hot box. Oh, it's going to be a hot box on the Acela. <laughs> so there's like one car that you know you only go in there if you want to be hot boxed yeah they have like the, you know, like the quiet train that'd be awesome they're gonna have the like the train. weed train they're like the make the caboose like the hot box train <laughs> the caboose. why not why don't just tack on one extra uh, one extra the, tra- uh, track one other um train car on there yeah. and make it like the weed car well they usually have like a booze car so they have the booze car and then behind the booze car they have the uh the smoke car you know that would be a genius idea. If Amtrak actually gave a shit about making money, that would be a brilliant idea. Let's just put it this way. If I'm owning Amtrak, Amtrak it's my own private thing, that's going in there. Well, I think the owner of Amtrak is Satan himself, so I don't think it really matters. At this Who point. owns Amtrak? That's a good question. Like I said, Satan. Isn't the Carnegie's or some shit like that own them? They probably have like, right? yeah, they probably do. Or the Rockefellers, didn't they? Uh, the railroad so, ones. I'm so goddamn ignorant. I wouldn't know. I think it's one of them. Uh, let's see. National oh, it's William W. Amtrak. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome. But if I said yes, you'd be like, "Oh, it makes perfect sense." Oh yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. John Justin Sullivan. Uh, no, that's not it. Let's see. Who owns? Who's in charge of Amtrak? They're talking about Bill Gates and Warren Buffett being railroad rivals. I don't know if they own ownership in that. Is Amtrak a monopoly? No, but it's portrayed in the famous game. It's a publicly funded company operated and managed as a for-profit railroad company. Which is why it makes no fucking money anymore. It used to be owned by like Rockefellers or um, or Carnies or something, right? I think it was the Rockefellers, wasn't it? The Rockefellers. I think Rockefellers, don't they still own um, Grand Central? They might, yeah. <laughs> I was there yesterday. You can't, like, I couldn't imagine, like, just being there every day. All it is is freaking tourists taking pictures. Now. They're, like, standing in the middle of the steps, like, taking pictures themselves. It's, oh, it's so yeah. frustrating. It is a picturesque station. Like, it is, like, old school, like, the way they restored it and, and kept it. It's pretty cool. You know, 
I gotta say, it's pretty neat. It's still just an old shitty train station. Yeah. Still a train station. still urine. There's still bum urine around, but... Oh, there's so many, nice. like, just gross-ass bums hanging around there. Uh, let's see. I think the Vanderbilt's still on. Let's see. Well, while Mario's getting that information for us, we got another gondola story here. We've all heard about this government shutdown here in the U.S. Canada is legalizing weed and making millions of dollars in tax money while America's government is shut down. But there is a fine, fine company, BudTrader.com, that is giving government workers free Bud during the shutdown. Just to help them get by. I like it. You know what? Like, what other sort of industry would be helping out people just with the kindness of their own hearts besides the cannabis industry. You think like I don't see Bud Light coming out and giving people, you know, sixers because they're government employees and they they're getting uh furloughed right now. But the weed industry is like, hey man, here you go. Have a, you know, I know it's tough right now, but have some of this and chill out a bit. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't see the 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 bunny ranch guy sending prostitutes to any of these furloughed employees. I think he would if he was allowed. <laughs> he died. He's actually dead, even though he did. You, so he died last year, and he was running for some sort of political office, and he won. Wow! Did he won as a corpse. That? Yes, he won as a dead dude. That's awesome. I thought we talked about that like back in we in November. We must have, dude. I was probably hammered. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he he ran for something in Nevada. <laughs> the best is it says he won in a landslide. Oh man, that's awesome. Deceased brothel owner Dennis Hoff wins Nevada election in a landslide. Wow. I wonder if his brother Wim Hoff is gonna take take over. How dare you accuse Wim of being <laughs> his brother? Can you imagine that? Like hookers that do like, you know, ice therapy. <laughs> ice therapy guru prostitutes. Two weeks to go into the election. Porn star Ron Jeremy found him dead in a suite at his <laughs> Bunny Ranch brothel in Crystal, Nevada. They had been celebrating Hoff's 72nd birthday the night before with rapper Flava Flav and others. There's Holy just shit. there's just so much going on in that paragraph. Like I wow. my head hurts just reading was it. Jason Williams and the Harlem Globetrotters there too. <laughs> yeah, Scooby-Doo was there and <laughs> Rick and Morty were there. It was just a party. It sounds like the remember the Jason Williams like uh, the shooting thing, and there's yeah. like th- when that report came out, I was like, this has to be fucking made up. It's like Harlem Globetrotters there and a bunch of other. I'm like, what? Who made this up? <laughs> this is like that. Like just start throwing other shit in there. So as a dead guy, he got sixty eight point two percent of the vote. Damn, fucking Nevada. I love that state. Yeah. So technically, well, I guess. So if he's dead, can he not sit in the, in the chair and, and and vote? So who does that? I guess or it depends. Pain? I guess it depends on how the law is set up in that state. If the like who gets would this the person who got the second most amount of votes then get the position? Or yeah, meet, uh, yeah. yeah, it depends on the state. Sometimes they do a runoff. Sometimes they appoint somebody. I'm sure in Nevada they play like flip cup to see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> 
the, uh, <laughs> the, the chair then. They cut cards just like they always did in Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they have a, a oh, they should do a shootout. Carson City. Okay, Corral. He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. <laughs> she had no family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to. Yeah. I can imagine that being part of when they found off. <laughs> All right, who is he with? She had no family. Fucked up. Well, back to Bud Trader. They announced that any federal employee unable to pay for their medical cannabis due to the government shutdown, Bud Trader will donate to you the allowable legal limit according to California adult use rules and regulations to help ease your suffering in this difficult time. The donation will be completely confidential. For more information, please visit BudTrader.com. That's How cool nice. is that? That's super can I, cool. Can I claim I'm a government worker? See if I, because you know somebody's trying to gain the system. Like, hey man, I work for the government. Too. Well, you know what's funny? Like, we're all funding the government with all of the ridiculous amount of taxes and everything we pay for. Are we getting a break? Like, is there going to be like, why is our paycheck still taking all that money out? Shouldn't we get? Shouldn't it's our so, taxes be furloughed? Yeah, it's so facto. The hell? What are we paying for now? Right. So, so that's, that's one that's month. It. So 33 days so far, we have one twelfth of the year. We're not getting the services we're promised with our taxes. Well, that's a good point. So we're paying for something that is shut down. Why would we keep paying taxes? So we should all put a furlough on paying taxes for right now. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think Congress, all the Congress and all the politicians should not be getting paid as well. They should be getting a shit ton of money deducted from whatever they get paid. And benefits. They should have right. to go on COBRA right now. I think a lot of this shows just how unnecessary a lot of our government is. Yeah. And how like, I just. Let's be I, honest here, man. I don't understand how they still have a job when the government shuts down. So when the government shuts down, that's all they're put in place for us to, to be the government. They are the government. So if they shut down, why, why should they have a job? Like if I stop doing my job, I get fired, walked out. Mm-hmm. They should walk those out, people out too. Yeah. Start with the Senate and then work to the House. <laughs> Just keep walking people out. Here's yeah. a box. Get security to go with them and walk them the fuck out. Have new elections. Here's your little bag of weed. It's been fun. Right? Get here's, your, here's your goodie bag. Get the stepping. Now get the should, hell out of here. And they should have to rerun and they should not be, whoever was in office when a government shut down should not be able to rerun. Yeah. It should be automatic. No no way to, to rerun has to be somebody else elected. Even if it's the same party, it has to be a new person. That would have been awesome if there was some sort of hidden, you know, some sort of passage in the Bill of Rights that said that and someone found it. It's the Jefferson Clause. Uh, yes, you have to duke it out. <laughs> There'll be a duel. <laughs> be a duel. Yeah, some old ass, like a duel, a duel with a freaking 1800 musket <laughs> <laughs> that may blow up in your hand. <laughs> These are the official dueling weapons. <laughs> Dude would be like afraid to pull the trigger, just blow up in their hand. Yep. Yeah. Right, one more. For, get for shutting down the government. There you go. All right, one more story. We got CBS. The Super Bowl's coming up, coming up, and CBS is, is running the Super Bowl this year, and they decided to reject a Super Bowl ad that made a case for medical marijuana. So. Acreage Holdings, uh, which is a cannabis cultivation, processing, and dispensing business, produced a 60-second ad that shows three people suffering from various health issues and say that their lives were made better by the use of medical marijuana. 
So uh, Acreage said the ad agency sent storyboards to the uh, to the network and received a return email that says, quote, CBS will not be accepting any ads for medical marijuana at this time. So I guess that's their official stance. They can suck a big dick and fuck the Super Bowl anyway. Just saying. Didn't the head of CBS like just get busted like a month ago for like sexually harassing like hundreds of women? Probably. But Wasn't that Les okay, right? Moonves a couple weeks ago? He I'm just got busted right for something. Obstructed investigation into misconduct claims, report says. CBS paid Eliza Dushku $9.5 million to settle a, har- a harassment suit. Wow. That was back in December. Yeah. Wow. He engaged in multiple acts of serious non-consensual sexual misconduct in and outside of the workplace, both before and after he came to CBS in 1995. This guy just got fired this this past year in 2018. Yeah, they're saying six women are accusing him and dozens describe dozens more describe abuse at the company. Yeah. Way to go, CBS. But you know what? Having a commercial that talks about the positive benefits of medical marijuana, that's disgusting and vile. It will not be on our fine airwaves. Wow. I guess, uh, you know, while well, he's, yeah. So they're all right with harassing people in the workplace, but they're not okay with people benefiting, you know, medically from medical. Well, when, when you have, I mean, how many people are actually watching TV anymore? I mean, and you got to think like the last time, you know, you look at CBS, you know, they're occasionally have it on cause you know, they have football on on the weekends and you see like the commercials for like NCIS something SVU, whatever. And I'm like the number one show in America. I'm like, who is watching this under 70, you know? And yeah. you know, occasionally you, you, you flick on one of those channels on a, you know, primetime weekday and you see all it is, is pharmaceutical solutions to your problems. Oh, do you have, do you have thoughts of depression? You know, do you have itchy? Are you occasionally itchy? And yeah, you know, like everything is just an ad for some sort of drug. So when you have this many sponsors that are pharmaceutical companies who are destined to lose money to, to medical marijuana and legalized cannabis down the road, there's, it's, a, it's obvious why they're not going to air that yeah. commercial. They know well, where they're, they know who, like, how their bet is made and who pays all those, those sponsorship bills. And we add those pharmaceuticals have, of course. That's all they have on. Like when you even during the football games, how many of those ads? It's either like beer, uh, you know, razors or or like medic something for a pharmaceutical. Oh, I was watching uh, Big Bang Theory earlier and it was a rerun, and uh, they they were talking and they said, I guess they were just trying to watch uh, football to, to learn how it's played and. Um, the one guy says that uh, he didn't realize how most American men, the Indian guys, like I didn't realize that most American men are, uh, uh, you know, pee, pee too much, uh, can't satisfy their women and have problems getting erections. It's that's all the ads you see on on, on a football game. You know, you pee, <laughs> too sure. much, you pee too much. You can't give it to your girl. And, you know, it, it's and beer. And occasionally a hair transplant ad. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So Egret Company actually said they're not surprised CBS or the and or the NFL rejected the content. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna put it online at some point for people to see the ad. Um, but actually, I'm a little more surprised that the NFL didn't stop it because I could understand they could say, well, it's against our player rules or whatever bullshit. You know, I could understand that it's a little more justified. But it didn't. This didn't come from the NFL. It was just CBS. So yeah, they actually came out and said, well, they're kind of in lockstep together. Those two. Yeah. But you know, you could, you could say, well, you know, due to, I guess it's the way you do it. Right. They said we're CBS in general is not taking ads at this time for medical marijuana, which means the entire, it doesn't matter Super Bowl or not. You know what I mean? It's different than the NFL saying for our transmittal, we don't, we don't want the NFL to have these ads in it because of whatever reason, fine. It's it's their event that they bid out and they're putting on. So maybe it's their right to to say what they want to have advertised during it. But they actually came out, and this was more of a, a broad, you know, CBS in general is not accepting these ads. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting for them to come out and say that, especially when it's a legal product in a bunch of states that CBS transits. And I wonder too if it was on Fox, if it'd be different. Because, you know, you always think of Fox and you think Fox News, but really Fox has always been sort of a lot bolder in its decisions and the way it goes about programming than CBS, definitely, and ABC. Right. I don't know. Who else plays the Super Bowl? Just the, It's just those three channels, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, last year. Was it was NBC, it maybe? NBC. I don't even know. I think it's like oh, the four of them, I think, have rotated through them over the years yeah they bid it out i think it's at two year clips or something like that they bid like two years at a time or three years at a time something like that yeah but i wonder if fox would have aired it you know i mean it's it's possible considering with their programming versus a versus cbs's it's a lot more in your face i mean look at like family guy or the simpsons even you know it's still a lot bolder and fresher than anything cbs would ever put on Oh yeah. I mean, family guy alone and Simpsons and you know, there's, there's content in there that people are like, Oh, we're not going to have that on our network. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. whereas Fox is as much as people say they're, you know, ultra, ultra conservative, they put some crazy shit on there. It's like, Whoa, I didn't think that would be on TV, <laughs> but it's just funny. They have no problem, you know, putting yeah. on like seven different beer commercials. That's yeah. totally cool. That's but, right. But medical marijuana verboten yeah i i just don't you know i couldn't yeah so you know take it for what it is but i'm, I'm surprised that they came out and that's basically a, a broad statement for cbs as a whole and nfl didn't have anything to play into that listen i i promise you if if someone is in the year 2100 and they're listening to this podcast you're probably wondering what is the NFL and what is football? Because yeah, I would right. not be surprised if that league and that sport is completely gone by then, but cannabis is still thriving and in new crazy forms. We could barely even wrap our heads around right now. So think about it this way. If you're selective about, if they're selective about ads for the game, right. And you know, they're saying for their entire network, but I mean, so would they, they say their entire network, they're going to not put 
certain ads for certain companies. So they, they're just going to blackball companies altogether. I mean, do they say we're not going to have any women's products on during Super Bowl ads? I mean, no, they wouldn't do that. Why, why would they do that? But yeah, for medical marijuana, they're not going to, but they'll have a, a, a uh, pharmaceutical commercial, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, it's funny that it's, they really could have been extremely bold and made a decision that would put them on the right side of history if yeah. they did something like that. And they actually aired the commercial, but they're just doing what they've always done, you know, catering to their sponsors, right. um, having no backbone, just making that quick money right now, not thinking about the future and where these decisions are going to put them on the map of where of, of history and what side of history they want to be on. I'm just trying to think, I don't even think I watch anything on survivor on uh, CBS because they have the neighborhood survivor, big bang theory, which I only watch the reruns. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any shows I watch on CBS anyway. So they're fucking dead to me anyway. I don't watch any, besides the occasional football game, I don't watch anything on any of the big networks. I mean, occasionally, yeah, so Fox, I'll leave on after football. You know, you get some family guy, Simpsons, Bob's Burgers. But other than that, like, I'm never looking at those those channels. No. Ever. I watch some of the shows on rerun, but I don't even put on regular primetime usually. Yeah. All right. So that's a lot of stories in the gondola. I think it's time to get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, which is... Dude, I think we're smoked out. Let's go to Ski News. And it's been snowing and snowing and snowing all over the country, but it is madness out in Utah. I was following, you know, I follow Snowbird on Twitter, and it was crazy reading their tweets just a couple days ago. And this is from TGR. They say that Alta and Snowbird were closed due to too much snow. What? They were getting five inches of snow an hour on Monday. Girl, I will give you five inches an hour. I believe AO is the correct response to that. Who's complaining about five inches an hour? That is right. So this was forcing Alta and Snowbird to close early due to too much snow and high avalanche risk. Wow. Storm totals reach upwards of two feet. A natural avalanche ran in the white pine area of Little Cottonwood Canyon, forcing a road closure to remove debris and continue mitigation work. Skiers and snowboarders were forced to remain up the canyon and indoors until 6 p.m. before heading down. They tweeted, Snowbird tweeted out a message warning anyone outdoors at the resort, please proceed to the nearest building and stay inside until interlodge restrictions have been lifted. Do not stay in your vehicle. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, it was really crazy. I guess, you know, it's crazy. You never think about it. You know, you think about snowfall, you're like, yeah, if you get six feet, what's the big deal? But it it depends how quick it falls. Like, there's no way they're going to clear it out. Like, like they have to get out and do the clearing again, I guess. I mean, to get that much snow that quick, yeah, there's nowhere they can really go with it. And, you know, we've been up that road before, so you know how tight that is, that that little cottonwood. Yeah. And, yeah, if that that avalanche hits, you're just, yeah, you're just kind of stuck there. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. It's remote. I mean, there's nowhere else to go. You're just stuck. 
I'm sure that Mexican restaurant in the Cliff Lodge was a goddamn party that night. Oh, yeah, that's right. Margaritas were flowing. She's saying we can't ski, so we got to stay inside. All right. And it's all connected. So you just walk over there and just freaking party it up. Yeah, right. Hell yeah. Probably drink out the, the whole beer that's in the, uh, all the alcohol gone in that. All the 3.2% beer you can drink. <laughs> that's right. It's going to be a long day, fellas. Yeah, oh three point three point. We're gonna stay hydrated though while we're drinking. Utah is so close to being the most perfect place, but they just fail in that one aspect. Oh uh, well, that and the weed. Like, there's a couple things that they're blowing it on, but two things: weed and I that, mean, yeah. you have the geography, every, the location. Everything is so perfect, but you guys mm. just. Mm. 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 Uh, well, you know what? Though I guess it wouldn't be there. Nothing would be out there if it wasn't for the Mormons. So, you know, you almost have to be like, well, you got to respect their belief system because they're the ones who put everything in place. But let's. Eh. You, you don't have to respect. You could res- They could respect their belief system on their own time, but they don't have to enforce their belief system on everybody else is what I'm saying. You know what? You're absolutely right. You're you absolutely know? right. Yeah. Hey, think- live and let live. Don't fucking give me 4% beer because I'm going to be pissed off and throw it right back at you. Let's crank it up to 12. <laughs> let's see what happens. Right? That's right. This, this is going to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> let's get weird. <laughs> let's have some 12% beer and let's get a little weird. That's <laughs> <laughs> when you bring some out of your out of your carry-on bag that you got through, you brought with you and do, 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 you snowed do, in and do, fucking do, do, breaking out the do, do, 120s, baby. That's right. <laughs> We got 10% alcohol beer. Oh my God. Is it Satan that just showed up? Goddamn right it is. We can we can cheers to uh Joseph Smith if you want to, but this is what we're drinking. That's right. I'm gonna cheers to the end of the world, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so All the right. next story is actually it's a double J. Yeah, double J. The double J. All right. So J Peak this week they closed in Vermont which isn't the first time a, a place is closed in Vermont due to uh, dangerous six, negative 60 degree Fahrenheit wind chills. So there's, that's fucking cold. I've never heard of it that God cold. Damn, that is cold, yeah. That's some so, like Mount Washington stuff right there. Damn. So they're saying it was negative 25 mid-mountain with negative 60 degree wind chills. So that's actually, I know they closed Killington last year for cold on one day. Um, and I don't think it was that cold. I mean, that was just, you basically just get instant. It's why it's the white Walker King was probably skiing that day and just froze everybody out. <laughs> he's um, just dragging to bring him back to the top of the mountain and ski again. It's it, man. He's like, he's, uh, he's going to walk. He don't care. He's got that horse that's half dead. So they say in the wicked cold snap forced the closure of J peak, um, in Northern Vermont. So if anybody doesn't know, it's in Northern Vermont, all the way almost up into Canada. Uh, it's awesome glade skiing. They get good snow up there. Uh, but yeah, it was freaking closed off until, um, the next day at 8am. So if you're heading up there, make sure you check. And I would say, make sure you check every resort in, uh, Vermont when you go up there. Cause I know Killington, like I said, was closed last year. And if it's really that cold all up there, um, just double check. It's funny. Double I made the, the uh, I made the obvious East coast joke on Twitter back to, cause this was on unofficial networks. And I said, you know what? Your starter jacket is actually probably good to about minus a hundred wind chill, especially if it's a Patriots jacket. Oh, go Pats. Oh, go Pats. Oh, Pats. 
we're not, we're not Pat's fans, but Mario I'm actually Mario is. Yeah, he's I'm an anti-Pats fan. fan, and all my Pats fan friends know that that I hate the Pats. But you know, good for them <laughs> getting the refs to get them into the Super Bowl. Go oh. Pats! Oh, oh, you can play that other team that shouldn't be there because Drew Brees should be chucking that ball all over Tom Brady's face. Is all I'm saying. That, that's the matchup I wanted to see. Actually, I actually um, texted Mario after that game on uh, on Sunday, <laughs> and now we've talked about our pal George. The Killington bus driver, who is oh, one of the greatest human beings to ever live. And he's a huge Pats fan. And I said, listen, I know you're upset right now, but think how happy George is. Yeah. And, let, <laughs> and let that little glimmer of hope, that little positive nugget in this world, just let that be the one that warms your heart and enlightens your day. Well, I mean, the Pats, Pats are a great team and they, they deserve to be there. You know, they outplayed... In some degree, I think the officiating just sucked all around. Uh, but what pissed me off more than anything was the Saints game. I, I, they just got robbed. They had that game yeah. taken away from them. I think it's... Well, that obviously, that, that no ridiculous. flag. I mean, they call a flag for no everything. I got freaking taken out. He got <laughs> leveled. Blatantly. Everybody guy, watching that. <laughs> the guy wasn't even looking at the ball. He completely laid him out. Dude, whoever yeah. that ref was, that guy had big money riding on the Rams. <sighs> There's no other, there's no other explanation. Like that was, was a complete joke. Like I watched maybe eight quarters of football this whole year. And even I know that was a penalty. You could have seen that from any point on the field. Like, Oh my God, he just tackled the guy. He, and he didn't even like go for the ball. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Call me crazy, but there's a lot of people saying that that's the same shit too. So I really want to see Brady against the uh, breeze for the, uh, the old man contest. Cause they're great quarterbacks. Both of them. The old goat. Yeah. Who's going to be goat. the old goat? Well, Brady's, I mean, hate him as yeah. much as you want. He's, he's just a winner. Guys money. He's just a goddamn winner. And yeah. it's so easy for losers to hate him and be pissed off at him and say, fuck Brady, fuck Belichick. Those guys are winners. They get shit done. Yeah. When it matters. Hey, I, you know, I just have a natural hate for them. Cause you know, I'm a jet fan and I'll say it proudly. Um, but yeah, one day you're going to have your Brady and Belichick. That's right. But I got a ton of, I had a ton of friends and relatives that are Pats fans and, you know, I, they even agree. It's, you know, it's just an awesome team and you know, what are you going to do? It's just, I mean, I don't know. Is it even possible we're ever going to live through another dynasty like this? I mean, the whole Belichick Brady plus whoever else he sprinkles in around him. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, when was yeah. that first Super Bowl? 2000, was it 2001, 2002? Somewhere around there? Somewhere around there, yeah. But think of how bad they've been dominating the AFC East for years. Like, so, you know, as a Jet fan, it's so frustrating to me because I'm like, shit, they got another great team, but we got to play them twice and they're going to dominate our whole division again. You know what I mean? Like, why couldn't you put us with the shitty division? You know, it's luck of the draw. Like, so they built a good team. Now they're running that division every year but whereas who has beat it, them twice in the super bowl though ooh, would that be the ooh. new york giants the new york football giants and i will preface that we were both on epic ski trips both years the giants won the super bowl we were in lake tahoe when we were actually checking into our hotel when the giants when the cowboys fucked up in that divisional playoff game and the giants won 
which then yep. they went to go and play that crazy game against the Packers. I would, we were on a flight back home when the Giants beat the Packers. <laughs> I was getting into JFK. They uh, they kept us on the plane. They're like, just want to let you guys know, the game is going to overtime. Uh, and then they announced on the plane that the Giants kicked it and won the you know field goal. They won. They're going to the Super Bowl. So that was the preface for that Super Bowl in 2008. In 2012, when they played the Pats again, we were we just got back home the Saturday before the Super Bowl, and we had been in Zermatt the week before. Yeah. So there was always like epic ski trips just before the Giants were in the Super Bowl. So I don't know if. If anyone is out there a big Giants fan and wants them to win another Super Bowl, if you send us on an epic trip the week before the Super Bowl, pretty sure the Giants are going to win. So That's good luck. Yeah. So I'm saying next year, if you want to lock us in in the next couple of weeks to go to go Japan, um up to like uh, Revelstoke, yeah. if you want to help help the Giants win, book us on a big ski trip just before the Super Bowl. That's that's what happens. I, th- I think that's the key. I mean, it doesn't really matter how they play, who they have on their team. Us being on an epic ski trip will lead the Giants to a Super Bowl. You just got to book it in advance so they have time to win. Like you can't just book it. Like if you booked it now, like the Giants aren't in it. You Before know I mean? the season starts, that's you when you got to book it. Yeah, you got to book it. So you got five months to book yeah. us. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. So I'm actually coming back on the Super Bowl. Dude, when we came back a couple years ago from Austria, from Ishkil, yeah. we came back that Saturday. And you know, when you come back from Europe, like a European trip, you're all just messed up with jet lag. You're yep. depressed being in America after being there. <laughs> I didn't even watch that Super Bowl. I slept through the entire thing. I'm sure the Patriots won it, of course, whenever that was in the last couple of years. But yeah, I didn't watch a single play. I just was depressed and slept through it. So which one was it? The Atlanta uh, Patriots Atlanta. It was that was a great game. Twenty fifteen. I came back from some trip. I don't know where I was, but I got back that morning. I think it was domestic, and um, I fell asleep in the <laughs> at the half. I woke up at the end of the game. I was like, ah, this game's a fucking blowout. So I was like, boom, out on the couch, just tired. And just freaking, I don't know if that was Ishka. We got back Saturday and then I just fell asleep Sunday because I don't know, but it, it was just all a blur. And I, I was like, I woke up, I was like, holy crap. Why is Tom Brady holding the trophy? This is hilarious. People are like, you missed that game. That was the best comeback ever. I'm like, yep. I slept right through. <laughs> yep. Had a good ski, ski trip. This time I get back at 8 PM on, uh, on the Super Bowl. Really? So you get back Sunday? I get back Sunday. It's Saturday, Sunday. Wow. So it's not bad. Uh, I'm not, you know, Hey, they have direct TV on, on a plane. So I'm sure everybody's going to be watching it. So yeah. it'll be kind of cool being on an airplane, like partying on the way the back. From hour, those, right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to pass that anyway, cause I'm going to be tired. So yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping I, I, uh, pass out on the plane and sleep and then I can watch the, uh, the end of it when I get back. We'll there see. There you go. We'll see how it works out. I'll be yep. on with Harry. That would oh, actually, be a, no, Harry's not going to be on the plane. That would be an amazing service if somehow they had a way, you know, I mean, more than Uber, where they actually would just, as soon as you get out of the plane, they ha- they're they there waiting for you. They scoop you up. They bring you to your car. Like, I mean, you, they can even pull you out of the plane. I mean, you know, it's, there's some sort of federal regulations where they can't do that, but how great would that be? 
Dude, the slides, man. They have slides waiting, and they slide you right into, like, a car. Kind of like a gurney, but with wheels. So they can just kind of, like, yeah, just pull you right from your seat right to yeah, the man. car, get you right home. That's what they should do. Like, I, I don't want to have to move. Alice said when you sit in the terminal, you should be sitting in the terminal in your seat. Like it should be like a little mini thing. And they just roll those big containers onto the plane and boom, you go. There's no loading, unloading. You're already there. You're sitting there for like an hour in the, in the place anyway. So might as well do your check-in, everybody get your shit in your overhead, do it now. And then when the plane's ready to go, boom, slide it in, get the hell out of here. Like a five minute load and get the hell out. No calling seats, no people trying to jam overheads. Do that all in the in the I like it. The, it's a big plan. I gotta draw up some sketches for it. I think I think it could work, but you gotta change the it would change travel as we know it. They work the schematics out on that bad boy. And that's where you have a little ramp and you just slide those freaking things right out to the parking lot. Boom. You're at your car, get the hell out. Yep. You know? Nice you know walking through the terminal. Just exit through the gift shop. <laughs> so you, you want to take the extra, you take the extra J peak story too. I mean, so the extra J research on this. Yeah. So the extra J uh, J peak is officially for sale. So they're asking, can it grab the $250 million needed to pay back investors? So I'm wondering if it's going to go, if they're trying to get that much or if they're going to take a loss or what the hell's going on with this. But uh, if anybody doesn't know, um, they had one of the biggest frauds ever to hit the federal EB-5 program, or from what I believe, a ski resort. So basically what happened was um, Ariel Quiros and his partner, Bill Stanger, misused about $20 million in foreign invested funds by taking their money, saying they were paying for upcoming projects while they were trying to pay back money that they already spent from from previously funded projects. So they basically ruled it as a Ponzi scam um, because they were taking this this money from an investment program, EB five program, which was t- took foreign money. Um, in what ba- basically people would would invest their foreign money in exchange for uh, temporary or permanent uh, residency status, and uh, they were pocketing some of that money. So, pretty big shit show uh, caused J Peak in disarray, and they're saying. Um, Oh, out of the 540 investors, all but six have received conditional residency and moved to the United States. So about 600, uh, 160 are already wor- waiting their permanent residences to be approved. So it's kind of a, an, a roundabout way to get into the country as a resident. To get it's, like, it's like a Trojan ski resort. It, it's crazy. So, and I never knew about this program until this hit. So I think it was like, if you invest $500,000 in a project in the U.S. that will build a certain number of jobs, they'll give you permanent residency in the U.S. So I'm like, so basically you just pay for your residency. Just forget your your lines, forget sneaking into the country, just boom. How about cash? Does that work? And there you go. Yeah, We're going to build a wall around JP. No one's getting in. It's going to be a $5 billion wall, the most tremendous wall. Dude, that'd be freaking great. You know, a giant wall around the Great. No one gets in. No one gets out. <laughs> Tremendous tram. Unbelievable tram. Yeah, always like runs. The, always on time. Yeah, like the Trojan ski van that comes in and you park it there and fucking people run out. Ooh, I'm going to ski this uh, bitch. 
<laughs> Dude, I'm trying to look up what other ski resorts have sold for. And yeah. last thing, it seems like the last thing that, that went was for sale was a $3.5 million resort in Montana. Now it's in Montana. It was a little bit smaller. Um, there's that. And then there was when Whistler sold, but that was like what? 1.8 billion. Huh? So it's kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't even know, like what would J peak be worth? Like how much, like how much is a good price for J peak? So this article, they're saying best case scenario using conventional method for valuing resort. Uh, and they have some other details of how they came up with that, but they're saying they're valuating it between 60 million and hundred million. Um, at the top of the scale, which is 10 times profits. So that, you know, they're saying generous though. Yeah. So I guess, you know, they're thinking somebody's going to come in there, you know, but then they're saying that they might, you know, so somebody like Vail to buy it, they might pay only 50 million. I mean, they're in, they're in distress. You're going to have to, so you're going to buy it with this debt on it, you know, with this, you know, investment debt unless they're because that's one of the reasons they didn't put it up for sale before remember like last year they were talking about and they're like nobody wanted to invest in it or or offer to buy it because they didn't know what was going to happen to the 250 million dollars that that disappeared that people were outed so are they going to stick that as a payment for whoever owns it or are they going to have to wait to go to bankruptcy and do all this other crap with the resort before somebody wants to buy it? Because that could be the worst purchase ever. If you buy it for, let's say $10 million and then they say, Oh, you owe the $250 million now. Yeah. That's again, you're right. It's been talked about for a while now when they're going to put it up. So, yeah. Well, so this article says that Stowe was sold for 50 million to Vail. Right now. Stowe versus J peak. That's mm. that's a really tough comparison because they're yeah. both awesome, but in very different ways. And you know, with Stowe, you're probably you're about six, five and a half to six hours from New York City, probably four hours from Boston. So you mm. get a you get you get a serious lot of clientele there, and they definitely cater to the the more affluent audience looking for to stay at the, the fancy lodge and the spas that they have right there at Stowe. They've been, they've been kind of upscaling their operation. Yeah. But, but I guess JP doesn't really have that. They're more epic. They're more about the ski experience. You know, the, they don't have, they won't have as many people come up there because it's another two hours North of Stowe. I mean, it's way the hell up there. I mean, the but they have the they have that water park and they have yeah. you know, great terrain and people know how awesome it is. So they make a they make the the effort to get up there. But it's not like you're going up there for a day. You got to be up there for a, the whole weekend. Well, the good and bad of it is you go up there and they have you captive because there's nowhere else to go, right? So they have an awesome water park. They got the big hotel. That's nice, but they need more. So they're saying there is interest into developing more stuff around JP because there's really nothing else around there. There's no condos. There's no. Well, there know. is there is that that condo complex. There's a bunch of condos that are within that kind of loop there, right? And they have that. Um, but there's no real I, village or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's it's a different kind of village. 
and they have that whole like they have all the hockey rinks there so they're trying to get people to come there for tournaments and they're right. trying to find other things like to get people to come there because again it is it's what six miles from canada like it's right. way the hell up there so they're saying there's a lot of potential and there's interest in that but the problem is i guess they're trying now they're saying they might have to try to sell it for 250 million that's a really, really tough sell. That's yeah. That's at least five times what it's worth. Right. So, you, so you're talking about investors are going to have to be willing to bite the bullet and say, "Look, I believe in the major improvements. Maybe opening new terrain, like you know, whatever else they can do to to basically blow out the uh, you know the, the place. It's it's a a great. It gets tons of snow out of Vermont. I think it's it's like the Wolf Creek. Of Vermont, I th- right? I think on the East Coast, it gets the most snow of any resort. Right. Because like Wolf Creek in Colorado, it's ton- more, most snow in Colorado, right? So but it's so kind of like south, yeah. if you equate that to, you know, the same thing in Vermont, this would be the Wolf Creek of, of Vermont, right? They get the most snow. It yeah. Tons of snow. So that would be kind of interesting to see if they develop more land, if they develop more like of a village and, and more amenities there. I mean... That would have to be part of the plan. If you know, think about it. if you're an investor and you actually have the money to say, "Look, I have you know 100 million dollars or 50 million dollars to invest. Why would I give it to you guys?" You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a tough sell because of all the legal issues they've had. It's an amazing place to ski. That's for sure. There's no question about that. But it's all the other crap that that's kind of stuck around it that makes it. Right. Tough place to invest in. It's far from everything. It's hard to get to. I mean, there's no major airport near it, right? Where's the nearest one? You got to go into Burlington? That or Montreal. Well, Montreal, and it's still, what, two hours away? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so for people out of town, it's it's a little tough to get to. And But they do have the snow. They get the snow, the trees, they get the terrain. It's so. such a dope spot. That's the thing. It's yeah. so great. So. Unfortunately, if somebody didn't mismanage it, it would be great and still going strong and probably been bought up by somebody already. But that's the rub. That's the rub, sir. That is the rub. Yeah, it looks like Montreal is almost equidistant from Burlington. It's like a triangle. So the Burlington Triangle. Yeah, if you um, if you look at uh, Burlington, it's you have to go northeast to get to Jay. And then if you go, yeah, if you go northwest from Jay, you hit Montreal, and it's almost a perfect triangle. So there you go. Yeah. That's where it's at. And apparently it's raining there at Jay right now, so it went from minus 60 degrees with wind chill to, 60, to 37 and raining right now. What? So that's East Coast skiing, everybody. It's one day it's frigid and intolerable, and the next day it's goddamn raining, and then it'll freeze over. And you're going out for fresh scrapes. But the best part of that is then when you go out out west and you're overhearing people's conversations saying, yeah, Jackson, like we did. And you hear the people saying, oh, my God, it's horrible outside. You can barely see them. Like, it's not foggy and raining. Like, what do you mean? You have <laughs> Beautiful. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you have snow. Ice. It's not ice. It's, it's packed snow. So now we're going to get to the kind of depressing part of the ski news. And the first story is Little Falls Man Killed in Ski Accident. So this happened over at Hunter Mountain in in New York State. 
and they confirmed on Tuesday the death of Brandon McHugh, who died in a ski accident at Hunter Mountain over this past MLK weekend. He was skiing a trail on Hunter North, which is the ski center's most recent expansion, when he apparently lost control and skidded off the trail. He slammed into a rock and killed was killed instantly. Oof. Like I'm trying even to wrap my head around like what could have possibly happened. I mean, I haven't ski obviously haven't skied that new part of Hunter because it is brand new and he must have lost control like really, really going fast or something. That'd be really crazy. I mean, it happened in the afternoon. It said they uh around 315, they said uh was the approximate time of the accident. I mean, they're uh he was skiing with a group of friends he attended college with and was not, and was not thought to have been wearing a helmet. Oh, um, come on, dude. And I didn't know what level of skier he was. Now, if so, 27, it's old enough to know better, but old enough to still be stupid. I mean, was he at Were his buddies getting drunk at lunch? Should he, were hey. they, were they doing something stupid? Like, you know, it's, well, here's the other thing. It's a if tragedy being... either way. It's, it's horrible. And it's, you know, horrible. What the family's going through right now. It's the worst yeah. thing possible. But like, again, like, was it preventable? Like, did he, did this have to happen? If I'm skiing with somebody and they're not wearing a helmet, I'm on them. Like, why? Why are you not skiing with a helmet? Dumbass. Yeah. They said a toxicology test was done to determine whether alcohol or drugs played into the accident, uh, but they're still awaiting the results of that. Mm. But it just, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, it's, uh, I Mm. get you want to have a good time with your buddies, you know, dude, there's nothing we love more than a good time with our buddies. But we also know, listen, man, I'm not jumping into Corbett's after I've had, you know, three snake river beers. This is not going to happen. You know, like yeah. nothing positive can happen from that. But, you know, a lot of times these these novice folks, the folks who are out there, you know, one, two, three days a year, that's who have the most trouble. Those are the ones who, you know, they either remember what they did six or seven years ago, but haven't skied in that long of a time. Again, not wearing, a, you know, or potentially not having worn a helmet. I mean, there's uh, there's so many red flags there, and yeah, look out for yourself and for other people too, man. If you're skiing with somebody, you know, look out for them. That's all I'm saying. They shouldn't be skiing. It's just like, would you let your friend jump into a car when they're hammered? You know, that's the thing. Your buddies have to speak up. You know, it's so easy to be like, hey, man, stop being a pussy. I'll do what I'm gonna do. Listen, dude, you're gonna you're gonna mess yourself up. Don't do this. It's like going backcountry skiing with somebody that doesn't have their shit. Right, ski club. Yep, it puts them at risk. It puts you at risk. It's just not good for anybody. No, yeah. So it's it's a horrible story, and you know, obviously, condolences to the family. But it's why we don't have this doesn't have to happen. Well, and the big holiday weekends, I think we hear about a lot of stuff like almost tragedies, like almost every big holiday weekend because there's just a lot of people out. So you got to be careful. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Next Keeping one, with the uh, with, with the bad news. Uh, so the second skier that was buried in the Taos inbound avalanche has passed away as well. So we reported last week that there was um, so there is a avalanche inbound in Taos. Last week when we did podcast with Nick on here, um, the one skier uh, passed away because they were critical. 
and now the second skier passed away. So it's sad to hear, but, um, yeah, they're saying it was, they're skiing on the K3 shoot now. So that's some new information that we had, but, um, yeah, that's crazy. They're saying this is the first inbounds avalanche incident in the resort's 60 plus year history. So Matthew so crazy. Don I mean, Getty, 26 of Mansfield, Massachusetts. Well, he was the one who passed away first. Yeah. It was the this other guy, 21-year-old Corey Berg of Vale, Colorado. Mm. I mean, 21 years old. I mean, I'm just <clears throat> I was reading both of these stories and I was just I was just getting I was getting so upset. I mean, you you know, um Matthew who died last week, um he got he said he he split up with his dad who he was skiing with to go ski a few runs in more expert terrain. Mm. And like I I you know, I think about my little son and I think about you know, how I would feel if, if I was that father, just knowing that he jumped out into different terrain and just never came back. And I just, I, I got so upset and couldn't even think about it. I, uh, again, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's you think, you think when you're in the resort that nothing that bad could happen, but you know, both of these stories are just, you know, they're just too, two examples of, of how you just have to be so careful and so prepared for anything. Um, well, it's like everything in life, right? It's, it's about clean percentages, right? So even if you're not an avalanche time when, when it's not snowing big, you know, you're playing percentages. So there's a low percent of, of avalanche. There's a high percent of avalanche when you have a ton of snow. So, you know, just because it's uh, not not as high or or it's in bounds doesn't mean it can't happen, right? So just be careful. I mean, it, it's unfortunate. It's an actual accident because hey, it's Mother Nature, right? This is this is what happens. This is why why accidents happen. Yeah, that that quest for powder that we're all after. You know, there's always a there's a consequence to it, no matter what, whether it's, Oh, I got to skip work. I got to skip school. I got to, you know, do something to, to get up there, to get into the snow or, you know, this just opened. I'm going to be the first one over here. Let's just jump in, you know, well, I know they haven't been out there doing the Abbey control, but you know, I want to get out there and get that pal. You know, there, there is a, there is a price to pay always. And sometimes it's not, that high and sometimes it's the highest possible price and it's it's i think part of the rush though in the sport is there's always a might be a small to larger sense of danger in the sport like whenever we go out whether it's you're gonna slip and fall you're gonna crash you're gonna you know you're doing trees you know you know there's a back your mind there's a, a, a danger of of that. And I think the danger is kind of where we get some of that adrenaline rush, you know, to some degree, but that's where you have to be comfortable with the risk you're taking and understand that this is the kind of stuff that may happen as well. I mean, it's, it's part of the sport, right? You, you can't say I'm not, it, it's either that or don't ski. You know what I mean? You want to be safe and not get caught in avalanche. Don't ever ski. Yeah. You know? It's do you want to ski at mountain Creek and you know, fake snow with 80 billion people around you. That's an option too, but you could get, I had someone, uh, someone I work with, their brother-in-law just got taken out ACL MCL tear standing there, got plowed over by a snowboarder. Wow. 
you know, there's, there's always that too. So there's, but you know what, when you really look at the world in general, nothing is, nothing is promised to you. Nothing is finite. Nothing is owed to you. So when something like this happens, you know, we've, we've kind of made the decision that this is what we're going to do, you know, as skiers, you know, this is not a safe sport. I mean, how many people walk away doing this sport for a significant part of their lives and don't have some terrible injury or accident that's happened to them. And we all take that risk and we all understand that that is a potential outcome that we're okay with because the thrill and joy of doing it, of being part of it, of, of getting that rush of powder of speed of whatever is the part of skiing or boarding that you love, that it's so worth it versus living a life without doing it. And it's being in nature, you know, you got boating, you get a squall, you might, you might, the boat might sink, you know, you know, that's a possibility might be a small possibility, but it's in the back of your mind, you go rock climbing. There might be something happen. You go hiking, there's bear, there's, there's all sorts of stuff, you know, animals out there. I mean, it's part of the enjoyment of being out in nature as well as that, you know, the wildness, you know? Yeah. Because if you just sit around and just watch your computer for news and just get freaked out over life and stay inside all day, is that really a life you want to live? And I know for, for those of us who board and ski, the answer is a resounding no. Right. We don't want that life at all. So, and it's the risk we accept when we go out. It's it's sad, and it's it's good to, you know, take note of that and remember the people and try to make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, try to be a little bit more, you know, aware and hopefully it doesn't happen. But you know, understand from time to time stuff does happen. Yeah, it's it's horrible when it does, but yeah, we've all accepted the risk. So you know, we'll have all these. We'll have this linked in the show notes, and there's also a link to a GoFundMe for for Corey's family. That you know, it's pretty awesome that it's been only four days, and it's already almost at full funding. It's wow. just um, I I've had a couple of drinks, and I can't do the math right now. But the in it it says my nephew, my sister's son Corey Borg was one of the was in an avalanche while skiing in New Mexico. So they just set this up. I think it was his uncle who set it up just to take some of the the pressure off of his family for paying for this. And, you know, folks just jumped in and it's you know, taken less than, you know, it'll be probably by tomorrow, it'll be fully funded. So five days, um, just a little something to help the family out because, you know, yeah, to, to, bury, to bury a 21 year old, I mean, that's, that's sad. That's 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 such a horrible thing for a family to have to go through. So any little help is a, is a good thing. And we got one more it's terrible, but not quite as bad story. And that's our old friend, Lindsay Vaughn, who, you know, she is, I mean, she is one of the most inspirational, amazing people and skiers and women and, you know, whatever, whatever category you want to put her in, she is just inspiring no matter how you categorize her, but she is hopeful that she can ski again, despite her ailing knees. Um, it looks like she had another incident recently. Uh, and right now 
you know, she was, was unable to finish the Super G when she was in Cortina recently, citing severe pain in both her knees. She's saying she's like bone on bone right now. Um, but she's she's really trying to finish up this year. She's scheduled to be, you know, skiing in Germany um, for this this week's races. But she's uh, she's not sure if she can do it. But she's going to retire um, <laughs> this year. It looks like. Well, she was kind of retired, but she said she wanted to. Ski. She wanted to get back to Lake Louise. That's what it was. Because which is the missed. December race, which she missed, but wants to do it in 2019. <clears throat> right. So she's trying to kind of complete this season and then just kind of hit that Lake Louise race in December to kind of be her, her victory lap. But, yeah. uh, you know, you, you can look at it in so many different ways. You know, it's like she's, she's so awesome and so tough. I mean, to watch... You know, you watch the the videos of the injuries she sustained, and just the way she fights and goes through training and physical therapy to get back. I mean, well, it's a rough part of how the many sport people that a lot of people do don't that. talk about, right? Oh yeah, I mean, how many people could go through what she went through and yeah. get back to that high of a level? I mean, she is a total badass. She is so awesome, but it gets to a point where, you know, and again, she's. <laughs> What is she, 36? You know, not old by any stretch of the imagination, but the wear and tear on her body. I mean, she is going to be super successful, whatever she does after her career in skiing. It's it's almost and I and I understand I I don't understand, but I understand that you got to kind of put yourself kind of close that chapter and just open the next one in your life. She's going to be amazing. Whatever she does, if she's doing commentary, if she's doing modeling, if she's doing creating businesses, like there's, she can do anything she wants. And I guarantee you, she will be a runaway success, but to let go of something that's been what three quarters of your life at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to close that, that book, that chapter of your life. Well, it's just tough. She's just had a lot of bad injuries and, you know, surgeries are, uh, you know, they patch you up, but then you have another injury and it's injury on top of injury and it's, it adds up. And, you know, when she retires, she's probably going to do like a lot of people in that sport do. They're going to have to have the knee replacement and they're going to have to do, you know, some other surgeries to, you know, basically get set to retire, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see what happens. I mean, hey, if she wants to be a podcast, if she wants to be a podcast intern. She could totally work for us. <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Lindsay. She works for us for absolutely free. That'd be great. That's right. Uh, I think we'll work for her. Absolutely free. That'd be cool. Yeah, that too. We'll definitely <laughs> do that. Whichever way she wants to do it. We'll talk. That's right. We'll sit down have a cup of coffee. Talk about it. Um, oh, and then no. there's one. There's now, one, one more. we're going to end skiers yeah. on a positive note. Yeah, on a positive note. So, buried skier on her deathbed was saved by the tip of her ski. So, a woman skiing powder at Jackson Hole, Tommy Moe, um, lost her balance, fell headfirst into the snow, and became buried. This sounds terrifying because it wasn't like it was a tree well or anything like that. 
So she soon started believing that this was how she was going to die. So basically what happened was she was completely inverted on her head. She had her ski sticking out and she started to basically asphyxiate. So she fell into the snow, like straight into like shot right down with her feet sticking up, which is, I don't know how she did that. I mean, it's just, it sounds like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Really? It, It does. Like if you can imagine a cartoon, that's what it, what it was. And, so she was down and she was, she was suffocating. So, um, there was a guy that was, uh, reader, uh, Nathan, Nathaniel reader, uh, was close to the bottom and he saw the ski and the legs sticking out of the snow. And the reason why was because the ski was like a bright pink, like a fluorescent color and he was able to see it. So they actually, he called ski patrol and they got to her before she, uh, basically suffocated and died. And, uh, she said, you know, she was pretty banged up and, um, but she's alive. So I her she was like kind of spitting up blood and vomiting yeah. when they I got mean, her out of there. I mean, she oh, was yeah. in extreme distress. Well, she was upside down and suffocating. So, so she had a collapsed lung. <clears throat> said. Yeah. And so what? she might've had a heart attack. Jeez. She must've had a pretty bad spill because she ended up upside down collapse lung and the, and all that stuff. Like that's just not normal for a crash without some other, that's, that's gotta be a pretty major crash. So, so um, she and, was on, she was on the trail, which is South Hoback. Yeah. So we know the Hobacks. The Hobacks, they were icy when we went, they sucked when we yep. were there. Everybody said with powder, they're great. And we were there when it was icy and we were like, they, even everybody just said to us, just stay off of <laughs> yes. good, right? So if you look at it on the map, it's pretty much lift left, skiers right, as far over inbounds as you can get at Jackson. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look at my maps here. Okay, I can see it right now on my maps because I have on I my wall here. When you do here, side and back country, you come in. If you're coming back into the resort, you usually ski through there. You, yes, you, you're exactly right. You come in a little further up. And then you, there's a couple different, hold on one sec. Yeah, there's like, there's south, there's middle, and there's north Hoback. Yeah. And I think, I forget which one we took. I think we took north Hoback, which, so if you look at it, it's skiers left, uh, skiers left of where she was. So she was all the way skiers right. Like the, as far right as you can be inbounds in the resort. Yeah. And I'm just trying, I, I'm trying to picture what happened and how deep she was buried. Well, she said she was skiing with somebody else and they were ahead of her, right? Uh, yeah, they were ahead of her. So yeah, they were ahead of her. So they didn't see her, um, going. Yeah, her ski partner was ahead of her and didn't see what happened. They didn't see who the ski partner was, but yeah, they must have been looking like, I don't know what happened to her. And they're probably waiting around like, is she coming? Did she stop? Did she have a, a you know, uh, um, equipment problem? What's going on? And they didn't see her. So, I mean, she other... was stuck in there for like 15 minutes, it says. <clears throat> yeah. If you think about it, like, if you're really hidden, like that's that's not a long time, but when you're suffocating, yeah, that's a, that's an eternity. Yeah. I mean, what else could she have done? 
You know, if you're, if you're kind of stuck in there, you're stuck in the snow head first. I mean, what else can you do? Well, they say your lungs began to deflate from lack of oxygen. That's how they collapsed. Isn't that messed up? But what would you like? I mean, is there anything you could do? No, I mean, I mean, could you possibly, I mean, is there, I mean, I guess the only thing you could maybe attempt to do is if you have your cell phone somewhere, I mean, does that advocate having your cell phone close to you? Like close to your, I, I keep mine. I have a chest pocket on my jacket and I keep it right there. I mean, I don't know if that would even be possible to pull your arm out. Well, think about stick it, it in there and just 911 or emergency or text. If you're, if you're stuck upside down, you can't lift up to, to even get to it, much less unlock it with your stupid thumbprint, which right. is in your glove, right? Right. I'm you just need trying like an Alexa on you at all times. Alexa, call the hospital. <laughs> you know what? That's something where having, having it listen to you all the time would come in really handy. What is it? Uh, Google has that, right? Hey, Google. Hey, Google, yeah. And it like the phone lights up. I guess you I could do Siri I know the Alexa that. on my freaking phone, when I have the music app playing, mm-hmm. it's always just freaking coming at me. And I'll, like, I'll be playing music and like all of a sudden Alexa will just come up. And I'm like, why are you coming up? I'm not even talking to you right now, hooker. Oh, yeah. yeah. You mean Siri? You have Siri? No, Alexa, because I use the Amazon music app. I have a oh. Amazon Music Unlimited. And so you could probably get Alexa to get you help. Yeah. I yeah. can help you with specific questions. See? Like, <laughs> do I connect Alexa, stop. Alexa, order cocaine pillows. <laughs> oh, I got those. They're coming. They're coming tomorrow. Nice. Cocaina pillows. Cocaina. <laughs> uh, that's crazy, man. It's terrifying. Because that means, like, her arms were, like, stuck. It's getting buried in avalanche. She basically, it's the same similar kind of thing. You can't move. So you can't try to dig yourself out. People are like, oh, it's just, no, I could dig myself out. It's like, no, it's like cement. You're just like cemented in. You can't move. Yeah, right. Terrifying. I'm, tr- I'm trying to even imagine and three margaritas in. It's, I'm, I really do feel like I am in and out and like stuck in snow right now. Yeah, I don't want to start imagining because I'll, I'll start freaking out. Yeah. Bad stuff. Oof. Oof. Well, we're glad she's okay. So we're ending it on a positive note. That's right. So with that, I think it's time to roll into the main topic. And again, we're calling this, at least I'm calling it Swiss Mister. All right. Uh, I like it. This is about, this is all about you, Mario. This is all about you and your kick-ass awesome trip that's coming up next week. So I'll, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, Break it out as a start, right? Please do. So, uh, you know, just the the inception of the trip was, you know, I wanted to go somewhere this year with the move. I'm I'm not in ski ski area right now, so uh, I wanted to plan a big trip. So, our home ski club, uh, Hoboken, was going to Zermatt again. So I was like, ah, oh, it's great. You know, I've, that was our first trip, Brian and I's first trip to Europe to ski. Uh, it was actually our first trip with the ski club, I think. And, uh, yeah. it, it was an awesome trip, We had a great time. So, uh, our buddy Harry wanted to go on that. So we're like, all right, let's try to get on the trip. We both couldn't make the, uh, the meeting and the way that happens, if you don't make the meeting, you kind of have to wait till everybody signs up in person. Then you get on a wait list if there's room and that sold out the first day. So we were on the wait list. Uh, ski club down here was running a trip to San Moritz and I'm like, 
and they're Binisam Ritz, and it looks pretty dope. And they're staying at a Club Med on the ski slope. So I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> every time you hear a Club Med, you think about in the tropics, sitting there, all inclusive. Well, this is in the mountains, all inclusive. So I was like, that sounds pretty freaking dope. So it's the Tampa Bay Ski Clubs running it. Um, I went to the, um, you know, the kickoff event and people think, oh, you're in Florida. There's not a lot of skiers down there. There was probably at this kickoff event, they were selling probably, I would say their list is about 30 trips. And there were about, I would say a good 500 people there at the kickoff. Wow. So I'm like, wow, that it doesn't matter where you are. People relocate. People still want to ski, whether they're taking one vacation or several. Um, you know, it was, it was a good, good environment. So I talked to the people, talked to Harry. We're like, let's sign up for that trip. And now we're going to Sam Ritz. So uh, we leave on a Saturday. We come back on Super Bowl Sunday. So Sam Ritz, for those actual research, uh, it's actually St. Maurice who was a saint and translated is St. Moritz. Yeah. Did and you know that? Natural... No, I did not look Google St. Maurice. He was a brother. He was a saint. <laughs> and somehow he's immortalized in the Alps in Switzerland. Wow. I didn't roll that deep into my research. I was just looking for a picture for the image for the episode, which I can't wait for you to see. Cause I'm going to Photoshop you onto the saints <laughs> statue, which should be pretty awesome. So they're actually saying like, so the Pope at one time made it a pilgrimage to go visit the hot springs that are there. And it's been around for centuries. They're saying like 3000 years where people have been going there because of the hot springs. And I guess in Switzerland, it's always been used as like a healing place and, and everything. But back in, uh, they're saying about 1864, uh, the St. Moritz hotel, um, started, you know, taking in guests and, you know, while they had guests in the summer, they were like, well, you should return in the winter. Um, in the event, you know, you know, they, they actually made a deal with some people and that, you know, they're saying it was pretty attractive in the winter. So between the Alps and everything. So it kind of became one of the, uh, original ski villages in the Alps. Um, and they were one of the first to have a tram they had the first European ice skating championships. Um, they even had, uh, was it Harvard, Yale? Uh, there's something. Oh, Oxford, Cambridge um, went to play each other in hockey. So it's the ice hockey varsity match. So, so Oxford and Cambridge used to go there starting in, in the 19th century. Uh, they used to go play matches there. So they're saying um, 1885, and they said it was a host city for the Olympic Games in 1928 and 1948. So they did two Olympics there. And then FIS World Championships several times. So they had 1934, 1974, 2003, 2017. So they're very active in the ski community. They are one of the first at World Championships for bobsled and, and skeleton uh, hockey, they have, um, there's a lot of cool stuff. So there, everything snow and ski is kind of like, it is like the cradle of civilization for skiing and, and 
anything snow related, smooth snow sport related. So it is something like a perfect spot. If you look at it on the map, I mean, it's it's right. I mean, it's, if you go North a tiny bit, you're in Austria, you go South or East a little bit, you're in Italy. I mean, it is just, it is just in a cherry spot right there. Yeah. And because of the natural hot springs, they, they were attracting a lot of the affluent people throughout the, the centuries. Um, they're by Davos. Yeah, right by Davos. It's, it's directly south of Davos by like 20 miles. Yeah. I mean, you're up in the Alps, but so there's a lot of affluent sports that. Why did no one invite there? us to Davos? <laughs> I want to go. I'll talk some shit. When we were in Bitcoin. That's right. There's a train that goes right across from, hits St. Moritz, but it goes uh, Davos, Verbier, St. Moritz, and, and Zermatt. Dude, like those train systems they have in Switzerland are so epic. That's freaking awesome, right? Oh my god, it's so awesome. So the the interesting part, I guess, so so many affluent people started going up there. Like they got some pretty baller shit that goes on up there. So they have snow polo. So they have what you call uh, it, snowlo? Snowlo, yolo snowlo, <laughs> yolo uh, playing snowlo. So they have a uh, snow polo um, that they play on, like the. I guess the frozen lake. They also have a whole. So that like the Night King, of course, like kind of dominate that with his like half dead horse. <laughs> he just he just dominate. Um, right. But think about it. so you had all these affluent people that are used to like polo. So they're like, yeah, let's play polo in the winter on the on the ice. All right, that sounds cool. They actually have horse racing. They have a horse racing events. There's a season, and I think they have an event that's going to be there when we get there that weekend. There's some big horse race. I'm like. That's freaking awesome. So just do like the losing horses end up as part of like next day's stew? <laughs> no, these are affluent people. They're like, no, they, they just get to uh, get massaged down and, and get back into the, get back into the shape or something. I don't know. When you, when you go to places like this, don't you like just get mad at your family for not being like Filthy richer rich. and smarter like 200 years ago? So they have a snow golf cup. So... They basically play golf in the snow there. Um, they have snow polo world cup in Semeritz, which I didn't know is a, a, a circuit. I'm so poor. I don't know the circuit. Then they have well, white... any Puerto Ricans play that game. Come on, man. <laughs> We're Puerto Rican. We can't play it. It's, it's, it's culturally exclu- excluding us. You ain't allowed to play that. <laughs> then they have, Oh, they call it the white turf. So the white turf international horse races. Um, and they actually have its full thoroughbred racing on freaking snow. I guess it's similar to like running on, you know, mud or, or something like that. But it's like the Belmont. It's pretty fucking crazy, man. Uh, they have marathons. They have, you know, uh, free ski World Cup. They have uh, bobsled like championships. Um, and then in the summer, they got a lot of like biking and car stuff and, you know, music festivals and it, it, mountain biking. It's pretty, pretty badass, but it's very active and very like I've been to Cortina and for Italy, Cortina is like their, you know, nice posh shishi resort. Um, and it was really nice. Zermatt was very nice. I think Zermatt was nicer than Cortina in terms of like, you know, wealth and classiness and just quaintness of the town. But, uh, 
I don't know. They're saying this is the freaking, this is the real deal. When the people, Rodeo drive of the Alps. Yeah. It's like when, when they say, you know, Aspen is trying to be something, it's trying to be St. Moritz. <laughs> like that's kind of. I'm actually really looking forward to hearing your comparison of how this, of how St. Moritz compares to both Ishgil, Zermatt and uh, Cortina. Yeah, yeah, because I've had a good view. So mm-hmm. Ishkil was like more of a party vibe. Cortina was... But that mountain at Ishkil was ridiculous. I mean, you could have... Yeah. I mean, we barely skied the same areas twice in a week. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Gigantic. Um, Cortina was weird because Cortina was... So where we were, like, that was the nice, posh little strip where people would put on their fur coats, their minks, and, and stroll after dinner. like. It was pretty funny to watch, but, you know, I saw a, uh, I guess it was a, an all wheel drive, um, Lamborghini. I saw a Ferrari, like it was just weird, like a lot of snow and you're seeing all these cars, but that's what people do. They want to show off their, their stuff. Um, but I, the, the way the ski area was, it was a lot of little ski areas pulled together. So you use the same pass on all of them. So it was just kind of weird. Um, it wasn't like one big vast like when we were in Zermatt, this looks like pretty big and vast. It looks bigger. There's three mountains that are part of it's Corviglia. Uh, Corviglia is like the big ski area. And there's a right near where we're staying. We're in um, Samarids Bad, which is, I guess. Is it like a hot spring? Where that stand for? That's south. Yo, there's tons of hot springs there. So Bad means bath in German. Oh, so I guess that's the bath spring area. Mm-hmm. And then we're on the other side of the lake, which isn't huge. Um, and that's where like the main village and all the shishi stuff is. So we're on the, I guess the, like the hot spring side. And then the other stuff is over there, but there's like a tram right there. So are you near the casino? Right next to the casino. Must be. Yeah. So it, I think that's where, uh, like you see like James Bond. Playing a little bit of a uh, Texas Dude, Hold'em there, probably. Right? I'm I'm debating about bringing the tux just to play some baccarat in there, like James Bond. I'm gonna bond this shit. I think, I think you may have to. I gotta go on a. I've been Jones to go to a casino for a little while, so I think I might go to uh, go to Switzerland. Hey, it's no Mount Airy Lodge, <laughs> but it'll have to do. Well, I gotta check because the casinos in Europe. I think you gotta wear like a jacket, like there's serious? like a dress code. Yeah, there's well, not. I mean, so does Atlantic City. You have to have, you know, a bag yeah. of meth, and Dude, you'd see nobody you see in Atlantic City in some of these places, which is kind of good. It's so funny. I was talking to a guy at work, and he he was going to Atlantic City. This is probably like you know, five years ago or so, and he hadn't been there in like he's like he's in his fifties, hadn't been in AC in like twenty something years. Oh. So they're ready to go, and he asked his wife. He's like. Like, honey, should I pack like a like a suit? Like, do I need to dress up to go to the casino? And she's like, no. She's like Not a tracksuit, maybe. Like, man, it's like if you were wearing pants. <laughs> you wear pants. That's it. Dude, Dude, God damn it. I remember walking in, you and me walking into Tropicana to check in and just taking like a little, like a quick little peek around. And I was like, I feel like goddamn Elon Musk. Coming into this place, I feel like I'm brilliant and I'm rich and I'm gorgeous. Like I just, it's just, 
I mean, just just mutants. The, like t- the mutants in Atlantic City. So I'm talking to my brother-in-law last week, and we decided we're going to go check out like a local brewery because we're trying to get stamps for this little beer trail that we're on. How many do you have? Oh, I got like 30 or something. Out of how many? Like 70. Dude, it's a it's a rough thing. Like I gotta I gotta in switch ba- towns. If, if this was baseball, you'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. You're batting like four twenty. It's not bad, but like I gotta travel to different towns. Like I gotta go to like St. Pete. I gotta go to It's a test of dedication, son. It How is bad man. do you want this? But you got a year to do it. So I got till next June. So we're on we're on a good pace. Let's put it that way. Once ski season's over, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, you just jump in there. But yeah, so we're going and I'm I'm on a bike ride and I'm talking to him like, yeah, I'm just gonna you know, I could go now. He's like, oh, you, you dressed right? And I'm like, dude, I have pants on. <laughs> okay. I'm going to a brewery. A brewery. Yeah. Right. Dude, all, all the requirement is, is the golden rule. I got pants. That's it. And it's Florida. I don't even need a shirt. <laughs> Sorry, sir. This is a $500 uh, plate dinner. I'll put a up for two in case we're hungry for seconds. It was just funny. He was like, oh yeah. I was like, dude, why would you even ask? Are you okay to go? Like, I could be in spandex. I could give a shit, you know? <laughs> but so that was pretty now, cool. Is there any, like, particular runs that are well-known that that's sort of like, you know, oh, you got to go ski the Hingenflergen? Well, when I was in Cortina, there was the one run that they filmed part of, I think it was... Um, James Bond, right? Yeah, I forgot which film it was. I think it was um people are probably yelling listening to this podcast. Don't yell. In a James Bond, it was because they used the the hotel there. They had the big fancy for your eyes only, they're saying. Um and they used the big fancy hotel there for where he's playing um at the casino. I think we talked about this last week. Yes. And I was there and it was all cool and fun and everything. But they're saying, I think it was for your eyes only was. Is that the one where he launched off the cliff? I think so. Well, they're saying it was mentioned in Goldfinger and for your, for your eyes only, but ski scenes from spy who loved me and a view to a kill were filmed at St. Moritz. Mm. So, but they said, they were attributed to other locations in the dialogue. So I'm sure when I get there, they'll have, you know, cause Cortina had like, you know, in the hotels, it's kind of cool. Like they have old pictures and they have like, you know, the set pictures or where they're doing like the, the setup for James Bond. And, you know, they, they kind of tell you what runs they were on. So I'm sure I'll, I'll figure it out uh, when I get there. So for all those that are listening, if you haven't gone to Europe and skied oh, or boarded, you got to make the effort, man. And you know what? It is a giant pain in the ass because it's, it's not easy. Like if you think, you know, when you go to Jackson hole, I mean, or anywhere in Utah, it could not be easier to fly in, get a shuttle or an Uber or something to get to one of these, to get to the resort. When you go to Europe, it's a lot more complicated. You know, just, just talking about when we went to Zermatt, we had to take a three hour or three and a half hour, bus ride to a train and then a half an hour train ride going into the town get in touch and join your local ski clubs i mean we could not advocate that 
anymore. Join it a local have to be ski local. Club. Like so, Tampa Bay Ski Club. You could join. You don't even have to join the club. You just sign up. They're more of a travel club than a ski club. So you just basically sign up for the trips. You look when they release them in September, and once they put them out, they put them out online and in person. Like you could sign up anywhere, and you just get on a trip. You know, you might not know the people, but you know, I didn't. I missed the happy hour. So they had a happy hour for this trip. I missed it. Harry's up in in New Jersey, and we're going to actually meet up on the plane. So uh, oddly enough, they're going from Tampa to Newark and then flying direct to. to I think it's Zurich from Newark. Uh, so I'm going to meet up with Harry on the plane in Newark. So we're going to hang out on the plane, but um, I don't know anybody else on this, on this trip. So I'm like, at least I got one buddy I know and I could ski with Harry and we're cool. So I'm sure I'll meet other people. You know, that's kind of what you got to go. You got to just yeah, put to our boy, Harry, but you know what too? This is actually a great opportunity to spread the ski bum, the highfalutin ski bum podcast virus to exactly. the Bay ski club. Right. Plus I could, I could meet people in the local area that ski, you know, maybe I'll get on a trip with some of them or do a, our own trip. Like if I meet people, you know, it, it's kind of nice. Like, so as you get older and, and you start looking for trips and, and, you know, I think as we get older and we get more established, we stop putting ourselves out there sometimes. Right. And it's good to push yourself to get out there and meet other people and expand that, that little bubble of, of your friends and your life that you have, because 100%. you never know who you're going to meet. I mean, you know, we're spreading the love about the, about our podcast, but it's also just spreading the love about skiing with other people and, you know, having more stories with, with people that ski and enjoy the sport as well. So, um, I would love it if you could find someone who has a house and tell your ride, <laughs> that you can buddy up with you never know right i mean um, hey if, if they need nude pictures i'm happy to provide them there, I mean, there you go well, he, can you, if can he you or she nude? enjoys them that's 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 you know what i'm happy to provide that of course that's what we do <laughs> um, but yeah i think it's you know it's important so that's kind of one of the other other um exciting things about this is I'm getting to meet new people that in my local area that ski, but I'm also getting to spend time with Harry who I haven't skied with all year. And, uh, I've been on trips with him before. He's a fun guy to hang out with. So I think regardless, him and I have a good time on the trip and we, we both of us kind of get along with anybody. So it's kind of, it'll be, it'll be fun. I think we'll have a good time. Um, now the problem the is other, you guys, depending on how things, how the evening goes, <laughs> both of you need a handler. Okay. So, so. If you, if the boat, if the, you, the two of you together could be a recipe for deportation. Okay. So here's where we get a little crazy with this. So when I was booking the trip and I was looking at the selling point for me and for Harry was this is at a club met. So all the food and all the alcohol is included in this trip. Oh, so, oh yes. boy. So 24 hours, you want something to eat or drink, it's there. They got something you can eat or drink. They got Holy like restaurants. Crap. That's, that's super convenient. So this is like, think about, you know, we've all, you know, a lot of us have been on, you know, the all-inclusive vacation to the tropics. Take that same setup and put it into a freaking mountain. And I was surprised that Club Med They're did this thing. And they actually started a few years ago buying up resorts and they were setting up resorts and, and hotels. And they have about, I think in the Ops alone, there's about 26. 
That was a big thing I noticed too when we were at um I was at the ski.com party back in in September in New York City and I was like why is club med here and like oh we just bought you know yeah. this, this property in Samaritz and this one here and this one there so they're starting like you said just starting to get onto the the mountain scene instead of just being yeah you know the uh tropical resorts and they have in the US too and and think about so from a a, a you know, building. I didn't realize they were still around. Like I remember, like in the eighties, my parents talking about, like, yeah. oh, we're looking to go to Club Med. Yeah. Like, eh, okay. And like, mm. yeah, I, I like didn't hear anything about. it. I thought it was gone. And then, yeah, this just recently, like, oh, kind of huge. Like, but they've never really. They've always been around, right? They didn't just die and come back. No. I think they started pushing the brand harder, and and they just came up with a new plan. Maybe they had some more investment, but uh, you know they originally started out just in, in the tropics from what I, from what I remember. And now it's like, if you think about the market though, so you have people that go on a tropical vacation, right? Everybody wants to go on a tropical vacation. Who wants to go into a ski area? A lot of, a good percentage of those people have a shit ton of money because it's an expensive sport, you know, doing snow sports. So it's a good way to get into that affluent, especially someplace like Sam Ritz and, and some of the other places they got. So I don't know. I think it's a great deal. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to see it's, it's, uh, they include lift tickets. They include a lesson every day if we want. Um, so I think I'm gonna take lessons just to have a guide take us around, you know, Hey, if it's included, why not try it out? Right. They said uh, anything all the way up to expert. So take an expert lesson and just say, "Hey, buddy, let's go, let's go zip around, and do some shoots today, or do some freaking, I don't know, just take me some cool place that's not on the map." That sounds pretty awesome. So we'll see. So that's included. Uh, it's very kid friendly too. So that's the other thing with this club is um, they're kid friendly. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to bring kids, like you know, that's fine. Um, so it's not like, you know, our other ski club was, was more, you know, single adults, 25 to like 40, late forties, early fifties. And, and I know, you know, they're depending on the trip you went. Oh, definitely where, up. Yeah. Whereas this is, you know, it's, it's singles, it's couples, it's families. So it's a little more well-rounded. So I think, uh, it'll be cool to see the dynamic that, that goes on the trip as well. So, I mean, this is Europe, so. I would imagine there's not going to be as many kids because it's pretty expensive compared to just a, uh, you know, domestic, but, um, I'm sure there'll be some kids and stuff. So it'd be cool. Be nice, Very cool. nice, fun atmosphere. Uh, but yeah, so they got their so whole little, the, this is the Tampa Bay ski club. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll give them a little shout out ahead of time. Tampa Bay ski club. That's right. Tampa Bay ski club. Uh, might as well give him a shout out and uh, I'll be. You have uh, no idea what you're in for with, with Mario being on this trip and Harry. They have no idea who's coming. Hold on like to I, your butts. I was wishing I could have met him, but we were coming back from uh, skiing in Vermont. We were coming back from Killington. And that's when I missed the, uh, the happy hour. Uh, they would have been like, mm. yeah. So hell's coming to breakfast. I don't know if they know that. So, <laughs> and his name is Harry. <laughs> you can't stop Harry. You yeah. can't even hope to contain them. Don't even want to stop them. So, but it's cool. It looks like they have, so in the resort, they have restaurants. Um, but then they also have a restaurant on the mountain so that you can have lunch there as part of your, um, 
club med experience. So I'm like, so you don't have to pay on the mountain then for like stuff, which is kind of cool. <clears throat> so, oh, wow. But I, I'm excited to see, you know, the glitz and glamour. I mean, it's, it's good too. I mean, when we did Zermatt way back, the Swiss franc was kicking the crap out of the U S dollar. Now it's, it's close to at par with the Euro and with our currency. So, uh, it's not as bad, but something like, like this, like an all-inclusive, that's where it'd come in really handy. Cause like it gets really pricey, you know, paying for everything, like, you know, extra food and drinks and, and stuff like that. So especially, I mean, especially in Switzerland, you know, yeah, everything in Europe is, is way more expensive, but Switzerland specifically, because they're not on the Euro, they're still using the Swiss franc. Yeah. It's everything is crazy expensive. Yeah. Like you said, when we were there in 2012 in Zermatt, it was, it was uncomfortable. How expensive, like like, one point, it was like 1.4, 1.6, something like that. It was crazy. Well, like what was a beer? You know, like, I mean, Stiegel was like the, that's like their, their kind of default beer they had there. It was like eight or 10 bucks for like a beer. Yeah. Wasn't it? I, I, I think that was about what it was going for. It was, it was, it was expensive. That's for sure. Um, and remember like you would never, like it would be foolish to order anything, any sort of whiskey or anything on the road. Oh yeah. Out out of, out of control. So $10 beer, if it's $10, um, Swiss franc, it's costing you $14 is what, what it was when we were there. 14 to 14 to $16 is what it was. Yeah. You know, I think it was 1.4. So it was like $14 for a drink, which is, which is crazy. <laughs> I just remember the last night. So we were there from Saturday to early, like super early Saturday morning. And that Friday night. So we left was it like two in the morning. I think Saturday we, we were left. shipping out two or three in the morning, Saturday. And we stayed out to like two or three. And then, I think we had to be at the airport at four or five or something like that. Five or something. And it was, it was a good three. Oh no, we had to be on the bus by four, but we had to take the train. So I think we had to leave the hotel. It was way earlier than that. I think. Yeah. We had to leave the hotel at three, which means we, I think we stayed at the bar till like one or two and everybody shit show ran back to the hotel and shit show got to get on the train. It was, it was, it was rough. Shit show is, is being kind, but I just remember that. So, you know, flying out there, we stopped at the duty free, obviously, and bought a couple things. And I remember we had a bottle of honey Jack that had just come out at that time. And I forget what other, some other bourbon that we had. And I think all we had left was the honey Jack and Andrea, she, she's like, I'm not interested in going out. I'm just going to get some sleep before we get on the, you know, the, the train to the bus, to the plane. And I remember you and me just cannonballing that bottle going oh, to the bar. So that, that bottle, was, we drank half a bottle of honey Jack, just going to the bar. Oh man. After drinking apres dinner, whatever. Well, here's the part that we didn't realize. So we did that on the way to the bar where everybody's like, we're going to just use the rest of the money we have, or just last chance, the party, whatever. And for a lot of us, we were like, we were just stupidly thinking, well, I transferred, you know, I got exchange in, you know, of, of Swiss francs. I'm just going to spend the rest of my Swiss francs. So we went to this bar 
And remember that bar had you pay by the liter. The deciliter. The deciliter. So you, you just give them like, you know, say here's 90 bucks and it goes towards the tab on that tap. And there's a, a table with a tap on it and you just freaking keep pouring out of there. And everybody was chipping in, just putting money into that thing. And I think they have like a leaderboard and it's like, you, you just keep drinking to try to be the, the, the biggest group, you know? So I still have a photo somewhere of that leaderboard. I got to find it. But yeah, yeah, I forgot we, how many deciliters we, we drank, but it was a ton. I remember, and I, I we totally crushed that leaderboard. Yeah. It was cool because yeah, you had uh, a table set up. So, you know, you had your table wherever you were sitting and there were taps built into that table. And as long as your money was good, they kept pumping the beer through that tap at your table. It's like a so gas were, pump, right? Yeah, exactly. Like a gas pump. So they had that. But then there was also us ordering fucking shots. Oh. And I remember there was like a tree. It was a tree-shaped <laughs> board that probably held what was it? 20 some shots. And I remember them just keeping coming over with like Uh, these boards of shots. And like that night just completely melted. Like, I don't remember getting back to the hotel. I don't remember a lot. I just remember getting on that train and hating life. Dude, I was hammered (laughs) hating life, but I was, I remember helping people because it snowed that night. And I think it snowed like a few inches and we're trying to walk and people have these rolling bags and they're trying to walk through the snow with a ton of shit. And I was help, just grabbing stuff, helping people. Like, it was like people just grabbing, helping other people. Cause it was like, we're never going to get on the, on the bus. <laughs> like, cause we're going to wait for everybody, of course. And it's just like freaking, you know, trying to make that train was just horrible. And the thing was the train was probably what? 400 feet from our hotel. Yeah. I think it snowed like six inches while we were in the bar it was something crazy. It was like between, between when we got in and, and when we left the bar, probably like, you know, four hours or so, whatever we were partying, it like snowed six inches and we're like, Holy crap, we got to walk through this. I just remember just not wanting to leave at all. Zermatt Zermatt was so awesome. That town, (laughs) the town, the mountain, the vibe, the people, it's just so, so epic like the Matterhorn everything about it is just unbelievable that was really cool I think at one point we looked at each other and were like fuck it let's just go back to sleep and and we'll just miss our flight (laughs) dude (laughs) we were that miserable I was I mean I was ready to phone in my life and just stay there like I mean it was just so beautiful and perfect there it was so fantastic but anywhere you go like people say oh where's the best place to go in Europe and I'm like they're all great because they all have their own little bit of charm. Like it's not cookie cutter at all. Like you have an entire culture over hundreds or sometimes over a thousand years that's been developed in that little mountain town. Like it's, it's not anything that you see in the U S you know? Oh, it's totally different. It's, you know, there's no veil resort that's going to come in and make it fit to a particular mold out there. Everything is so unique and so different and so grand. I mean, these towns are built around the ski resort and it's, and you get so many different people, you get all these Europeans that you don't see in the States in in mass, you know, you get, you know, like you've been to Ishkel and you've been to Zermatt, totally different experiences, right? Both of them were awesome. Yeah. 
you it's again you really can't put it in words and i i of all the places i've been to both in europe and the u.s it's i can't think of any european place or any u.s places or canadian places that really compare to the european ones i mean they set the standard they set the bar they created the sport and they have absolutely perfected what a ski town is yeah and i know you know we talked to people like you know i remember talking to matt and you know he's been skiing his whole life and and he says he admires that we've been able to go to europe and it's like look if you get a chance to go you gotta go you know like take any chance you go to go to anywhere to ski in europe and you'll have a great time because everything is going to be totally completely new to you you know completely different world yeah you're uh you can't go wrong you can't you really can't so yes. I'm super psyched for you. I'm excited for you. I'm jealous. and But I can't wait to hear your stories. And I know you're going to post a lot of Instagram photos. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the plan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a ton of pictures and video. I think they're going to get... I looked at the snow report and I think they're going to get up to Friday. They're going to get like... A, like it's something like 12 inches before we get there on Friday. Oh, that's so awesome into Saturday. So then when we ski Saturday into Sunday, I think it's snowing then too. So we'll, we're going to have some powder. So I'm not bringing my skis this time. Uh, after last year I went to Europe and it was just, it was tough carrying skis and I already prepaid for like demo skis. So I'm like, let me see what they got. I really want to take my DPS though. I love those fucking skis. Yeah. Go for it. Make it happen because everything you you will rent out there will be like seventy six hundred foot. You know, I'm hoping that they've they've come around this t- this time and they have fatter skis. I mean, even if they have something like, you know, just a regular just hundred hundred underfoot, that should be <laughs> right. But so yeah, so I can't wait to see your post. So you're leaving, like I said, Saturday. So probably starting Saturday, Sunday, I should start posting out. So, you know, follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash ski bump podcast, because we're going to have a lot of great Mario posts over the week. So I'm going to come all in burst. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. When you have a Wi-Fi connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. So make sure you keep your eyes out for that because it's going to be pretty epic. So follow us, keep tabs, keep on podcast. Dot com. We'll have links on there, but uh, hit us. Instagram is your best bet. I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably pass it along to Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, but any tips, any last minute advice for Mario, hit us up. Ski bump podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. First story. Banksy artwork found on garage in Wales sold for six figure sum. So a Banksy artwork that appeared on a nondescript garage in a Welch town has been sold to a dealer for a six-figure sum. The garage's owner, Ian Lewis, has sold the piece called Season's Greetings to the Essex-based Banksy expert John Brandler, but it will stay in Port Tablet or Talbot, Port Talbot. At least for the time being. Lewis, a steelworker, has found it hard to sleep after unexpectedly becoming the owner of a precious piece of art. It is said to be hugely relieved. An estimated 20,000 people have 
thought to have visited his garage since it appeared just before Christmas. Holy crap. Around the clock security has had to be introduced to protect the artwork. It created a cottage industry in souvenirs, mugs, coasters, key rings, carrying the image of the work. Brandler said season's greetings would stay in Port Talbot for a minimum of two to three years, but might be moved into the town center. He said Lewis has turned down higher offers to keep the work in the town, keeping it real. Respect. Huh. The Banksy appeared just before Christmas in Taibosh, close to the Tata Steelworks. From one angle, it shows a child in a bobble hat with a sled, apparently enjoying the snow shower and trying to catch the flakes on their tongue. But from another angle, it appears clear what is falling on the child is a shower of ash. Oh, yeah. It's pretty funny. So my first question, and what's cool that this actually answered it, Banksy confirmed the work was his by releasing a video of the mural accompanied by the Christmas song Little Snowflake. The camera rises above the garage and shows Fort Talbot's rooftops and the billowing chimneys of the steelworks and other industrial buildings. Wow. You know, it's funny. Like I was thinking about this article and, you know, this, this fella who, whose garage Banksy decided to paint on. Could you imagine being his neighbor and being like, Oh, why didn't this cunt just paint it on my garage? <laughs> like, why did he paint it on this guy's garage? Folks, Fuck Lewis. Like, why did you paint it on my garage? <laughs> or or just like, you know, think about 20,000 people visiting his garage. You know, eventually, like, get the fuck out of here. I just wanna I just wanna do my own thing. You know, I'm sure he didn't ask for that, but but like yes. think about like think about the power Banksy has now. He's like, you know, it, he almost has like a magic wand that wherever he paints, he creates fortunes for people who yeah own that property well, and it's not that. even just that person it's for the town now they're getting people coming to the town buying stuff there visiting a town that nobody would probably even look at you know what was that um that hbo uh documentary that they being banksy or was that what it was called when it was like the, the month he was in new york city yeah um and he was just like doing stuff all over the place and of course like it was on netflix it was on HBO, I think. And there were so many people who were so against it and painting over it and blah, blah, blah. But it's it's just, it's so cool that there's someone... The Banksy like, Does New York, I think it was. Banksy Does New York. That sounds about mm-hmm. right. But it's so cool that that there's someone like that, an artist who's out there and just creating this beautiful chaos that's you know, creating fortunes for people who, you know, I'm this guy's a steel worker. You know, the fact that he's getting a six figure payment for this artwork. Just to be produced on his property. That was it. It's, it's almost like he's got, again, has a magic wand. And whenever he puts his art somewhere, he's giving someone a fortune. And that was so beautiful too. Like we talked about it a few months ago when there was that um that art auction and his one oh, yeah, photo, the, was it the girl with the balloon 
Yeah. And it had a shredder built. That's one of his most famous works too. Yeah. It had this shredder built into the frame and just shredded it as soon as it got bit on by for like, wasn't it like $2.4 million or something? Yeah. But I guess the shredder didn't function uh, completely and it only shredded half of the painting. Mm. So, um, the guy still went through with the purchase. I guess they gave him, it was at Sotheby's or Christie's. It's probably worth more now, right? Because of that. Probably, you know, you think about it. It's like, oh, this is the after, after the second act of Banksy modifying his painting, you know, or the art. I want us to be the, I want us to be the skiing Banksy's. Like I want to just like take our logo and just, why don't the two of us have stencils of this logo and just put the logo everywhere. Like I want it to be sprayed under lifts, you know, just like spray the logo. We do full, we gotta do full murals with the logo in it. The gondolas just freaking, sp- and you know what? I don't even want it to be permanent, you know, destructive. And this, just get some of that fake, like that aerosol snow. Just, oh, no, like, I want it permanent on there. Put it on gondolas. Be oh, people to have that, they, they'll take the gondola out of the rotation and put it in a museum. That could be one of my projects this weekend is that creating stencils of our logo so that people can. And, you know, maybe they want to tag our logo everywhere. I might even buy it. I'm just going to send it to people. I'll just send them like stencils of our logo so they can just like spray paint it or spray snow it everywhere. There you go. Just start sending stencils to everyone. Just stencil of the logo. It's like some Project Mayhem stuff we're talking about right now. I think so. I like this. We start a fight club and we're good. (laughs) Yeah. Start fighting in uh, No, no, ski club. Ski club. Ski club. First rule of ski club, don't talk about ski club. Don't talk about ski club. I uh, like that. Right? Might have a, uh, well, if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll find out where the Project Mayhem or Mayhem and. Uh, oh, the, Project pro- Mayhem. And the Project Ski Club is uh, is going to go. You never know. Podcast.com. That's right. All right, Mary, I'll finish this off with this last story here. All right. Last story is uh, very interesting. So. I got a lot of good things to say about this. A lot of pornographic things to say about this. Let's just say let's, there's a let's lot to dial be it said. back. So let's just dial it back for right now. And CNET's reporting. Pretend your mother's listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh no, it doesn't matter. I'll still. Um, I don't even have to say anything. I'll, 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 I'll go into it. So CNET's reporting that um, I believe it's a it was a Chinese company or Korean company. Or is it Singapore company? Um, there is a robotic massage therapist. So they, they created this robot massage thing that, um, and they have a video of like, you know, these girls getting massage, uh, from this robot. So it's never like like, some like jacked hunky, big schlong dude in these videos. It's always like some, some some beautiful woman in the Lululemon sitting on the massage table. And they have this little thing with like. It's almost like a ball that's rolling. It's like a roll-on ball. That's it's like a microscope. Like a, oh my god, microscope. Like a, <laughs> microscope. Micro, like a microscope. You know, when you have like yeah. those, those like triple microscopes, and you can see different apertures. It's like it looks almost like a microscope head. That's yeah, a massager. It's, it's weird looking, but it's like a big ball, and I guess it's like a roll-on ball, and it rolls on, and I guess it massages your body. It could be set up. They're saying to massage your whole body or just a part of it or it you know to go to the contours of your body and stuff so uh it's very interesting but what's even more interesting are the comments on this article 
Oh my God. Yeah. This is from CNET.com. From their <laughs> so Twitter they start account. right off. Do they give happy endings now? <laughs> and then the guy answers, somebody else answers, there'll be an ap- adapter for that. Uh, and then there's, there's That's the thousand dollar add on is the happy ending. They're saying when the robots revolt, who knows who'll be the first to die? Loud pounding sounds and silence. <laughs> Uh, and then a lot of people were complaining that part of getting massage is the joy of the warm human touch. Um, hey, bow, bow. I, I don't know. Like, it, it's funny. I heard something this week and they were talking about how they expect something like 45% or 40% of all jobs to be eliminated in the next few years by automation. I'm like, what the let's, fuck are people going to do? Let's like, be honest. Don't like... 90% of jobs suck anyway. I, yeah, but what are, how are people going to make money? Is it going to be all, basic income, brother? That's right. Well, yeah. Is it going to be like all social media people getting stuff for, for doing shit on social media? Like we're all going to be like clowns, like performers for stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Like what's it going to come to? It is going to be weird, but it's going to be beautiful too. Because let's let the freaking machines work and like, let us go skiing. There you go. More time for us to go skiing. Day bow bow. Pretty soon you can have robot legs. You have robot assist legs to help you ski. So are you really skiing anyway? <laughs> so would you allow a robot masseuse to massage you? I think it'd be good. You don't have to go anywhere. You just get a like, all I need is the back massage because I got a bad back. So I'm always stretching it and I have this massager I sit in. It's a chair massager. So I just want that all the time. It'd be good if I can lay down and just like have that thing go. It'd be awesome. How about you? I agree. I would totally let the robot massager do its thing. But like, I, think- I think there's got to be some sort of like I want to make sure my hand is on the plug just in case. Yeah, like if it doesn't recognize like it has to stop and it like goes through your body like that's not good. Or it's like all of a sudden it goes like down by your groin area and it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Going to, that's when you put the special uh, adapter on it. That's when you yank the plug out. Once the oh, yeah, sun comes on, you yank the plug out. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got to pull the plug on that thing. Well, do you think if they did make these, do you think it would have a face? Like they would make it like a human robot? That with these arms to go massage you, mm. or would they just have it as a robot? Robot. Now, what as you- a guy who's stupid, I would say I want no face. I would think women might want a face. Yeah, you think like a, I think it would make them a little more secure doing this. You just have a video screen have like whatever face you want on there. You want a celebrity to massage you? Go right ahead. Like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and then we're back into the attachments. All right, all right, all right. That's when you have all these attachments going. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting, but still strange. It's it's just like, are you going to let robots fly your plane without a pilot in it? Like they can do that today. Pilots now? Do we even know? They have pilots, but like they don't really fly a plane. Have we cut the pilots open to make sure they're humans or are they possibly already robots? Dude, the pilots sit in the cockpit playing beer pong the whole time because the plane flies itself. What kind of pit are they in? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Boom. Yeah, I don't know what they do. Maybe 
you know, do Scrabble. You know, they they play Scrabble. Freaking do the crossword while the plane's going. They're like, I'm not doing much anyway. You got you got food. You know. They're on Tinder. They're like. Pilots <laughs> 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 on Tinder. You just. I wonder how much pilots really fly the plane now. Because I know that they're there for comfort, right? So how much does a pilot really fly a plane today? I think a lot of them is is really comfort for the folks flying. Yeah. Yeah, they like I mean I don't think they do that much. They're just kind of like watching the aileron. They're like, Yeah, I'm taking a nap. If shit goes down, wake me up. I'll wake, take care of this. I'll go all, I'll go Sully on this on this plane. I'll take care of it. I'll land it in the Hudson. That's right. You need make to a, if we're make going a movie about, about me. That's right. We hit some birds. You wake me up. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to be here hanging out. So Mario has his big trip going out to Switzerland. Brian has a less awesome trip, but still pretty cool. Oh, it's pretty cool. I'm heading out to Colorado the week after next. Wild card, motherfucker. Wild card, bitches. This has all came together recently. It's a beautiful thing. I am excited to hear about your trip. I know you've got this this epic itinerary. You guys are going to have a fantastic time. Thanks, man. So have a great time. I can't wait to see the pictures, the videos, everything. St. Moritz looks just bananas and fantastic and awesome. So please just send as much as you can. I'll post it. You post it. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So have a fantastic time. Harry. Keep it together as much as you possibly can. Love you as well. Cool, man. We'll Anything else you want to throw in there? We're gonna stay high fluting out there, and that might I'm I'm gonna scout it out to see if that'll be the new um international home base for the high fluting ski bumps. We'll see. <laughs> so yeah, so check us out. Thank you so much for listening. Skibumpodcast.com. That's where all of our information is. Please check us out on the socials. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Ask T-Bum Podcast. We are on Pinterest, Highfalutins. We are on SoundCloud, Highfalutin-Skibum. We're also on YouTube. Just search us out. We're behind, but we'll have it up there sooner or later. And thank you so much for listening. We love all of our listeners. Please hit us up if you want stickers on Instagram. DM us. Send us an email, skibumpodcast.com. Please rate us, subscribe, and thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Stay house, stay gluten. Boom. See ya. Boom.